Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. Was that supposed to be funny? Get these clowns out of here. Why would they do that? You were having a freaking game. Dude. It's a cocky bunch, man. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hi, welcome in to a Football Friday, Free Beer Friday, Victory Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Victory Friday for all of you miserable Washington Commanders fans like myself picking up a ugly win last night against Da Bears on Amazon Prime. And we won't talk a lot about that game because there's not much to talk about. But they did get a win last night. So uh, take what we can get as Commanders fans. All right, welcome in to today's show. Beautiful day in Eastern North Carolina. Great night for Freeboot Friday. Great night for high school football. Great night to watch MLB playoffs. Uh, college football. Bray Wyatt on SmackDown. Whatever you want. It's a beautiful Friday, and we're excited about it and ready to talk sports with you here on Pirate Radio Live on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 125930, also online, pr927fm.com. And make sure you are checking us out on Facebook Live and YouTube. You can subscribe to Pirate Radio TV on YouTube. You can follow us on Facebook. Make sure you like the stream. And uh, and be a part of the show. What are you uh, excited about this weekend when it comes to sports or life? We'll talk about it all here on Pirate Radio. Shirley Rhodes is here. CJ Schaefer here on a Friday. I am going with the Ronald Acuna Jr. jersey today as the Braves will take on the Phillies. Game three of that series coming up at around 4.30. Right now, we've got a tie between the Yankees and the Guardians. It is 2-2 two to two as they play in the top of the sixth inning. All right. Is this our Yankees tied tie? music? Tie? Tie? Everything good over there in Studio B? I didn't know the music was still playing. <laughs> Sorry. I kind of like was it. Trying, I was trying to hit the <laughs> sound bite, and I didn't realize the music was still going. Shirley Rhodes is here. CJ Schaefer's here. Hello. Hello. Hi, Hello. Hello. <clears throat> Do you think Dave Willotion will call in to the fifth quarter? The play-by-play voice of Memphis like Corey Glore did last week? No. I don't either because Dave Willotion is out of the country. We uh, tried to get him on the show this week, uh, but he said he is uh, out of – and now I forgot. He left a voicemail, so I can't remember where he's at. So uh, we will not be talking to Dave Willotion this week. We will be talking a lot of Memphis football coming up Saturday, 3.30 on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, taking you up – to the 7.30 kickoff with you after the game on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Uh, it is East Carolina versus Memphis. CJ, how old of a gentleman were you in 2007? Ooh, about eight years old. Eight years old. What was your relationship, if any, with East Carolina football when you were eight? It was minimal. <laughs> minimal. All right, minimal. that's a good word. Well, CJ, uh, there were CJs before this CJ. CJs that paved the way for CJs like you <laughs> later in life. And that CJ was a man named Chris Johnson. Ever heard of him? Yeah, once or twice, maybe in passing. Okay. Well, he was a titan of a man. 
He was indeed, and uh, could run like a jet. Nice, and flew like a cardinal. Oh yeah. Did he do anything else? Uh, Were those his only teams? Well, I forgot about the Cardinals, so if he did anything else, I wouldn't know it. Uh, Chris Johnson, 2007 against Memphis. This was in the Liberty Bowl. Ran the ball 20 times. Had 301 rushing yards. Four touchdowns. By the way, that's an average of 15 yards a carry. And absolutely torched the Memphis Tigers. So that is one of the memories I have when I think of this series, I think of uh, even going further back in this series. Do you remember a running back named D'Angelo Williams? Familiar. He used to have fun torching the Pirates when he was a Memphis Tiger back in the what mid 2000s, I guess, early mid 2000s. So uh, we've seen a lot of great players, a lot of high scoring games in this series and expecting a bit of a high scoring game tomorrow i would think east carolina has to do their part they're gonna have to score more than nine like they did a week ago against tulane but uh i think they can and uh i expect memphis to put up some as well so let's do a vibe check here on a friday cj how are you feeling about east carolina and memphis i'm kind of with you that uh i'm expecting a high scoring contest tomorrow i expect holton aylers to have a bounce back game tomorrow and the offense as a whole after a uh you know underwhelming performance against Tulane um talked to Mike Houston earlier in the week and he said you know Marlon Gunn and uh Jalen Johnson who were both a little banged up last weekend they are good to go this weekend so those will be two good additions and uh I mean like I said a second ago you're gonna have to have a good offensive performance because Memphis is and this this is not this is not a slouch team coming into Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Now I expect East Carolina to bounce back, um, and I expect them to get a win. I'm thinking, I'm thinking high 30s is what it's going to have to take to win this game. Uh, let's get to our flight by Yingling ECU practice report. Shirley, I saved uh, some Mike Houston audio. Do you have that from uh, that I saved today? Yes. So you might not be able to hear the reporters' questions very well, but CJ, you were there on Wednesday, right? Yes. Was Mike Houston a little? Yes. <laughs> He looked a little salty, Daddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can hear some of his responses here. You might be able to hear some of the questions, but you can definitely get a sense, a feel of Mike Houston's temperament when he left the practice field on Wednesday. So let's hear some of that. All right. Practice Wednesdays in the books. Ready for Saturday. Energetic. Determined. It's been good. Uh, they've been very good, very solid. Have there been any changes as far as not, obviously not the kicker, but as far as like maybe the communication along the line, just to clean up those little issues that are happening? Yep. A lot less stress out there on the practice field. You know, it's been good though. How excited are the guys? My point was made. Oh, I, I think it means a lot to them. That's I mean, it. My know, point I, was made. What does that mean, CJ, that the special teams were – so we had this yell fest on the fifth quarter, and Billy and and Chandler, I don't think they're right. Maybe they were. 
talking about how you know tim douse isn't over there looking at the snap hold kick and special teams is at the bottom of the priority list if that was still the case week six then everyone should be fired i don't think that's the case but he made it sound like that this week things were addressed i guess is that fair to say that's what it came off as to me um what's confusing to me is the delivery of that statement um which you just alluded to it he it kind of implied that he had delivered a message about special teams and how he expects them to play what well, was there not a message delivered weeks one through four five whatever yeah, we're on know. now i don't know maybe the message this week is if you screw up you're not playing anymore and if you screw up tim Doust is gone yeah i mean I'm, that's, <laughs> i don't know like uh, well, was there an ultimatum or uh, i don't know there's further steps you would assume that have to be taken i mean i understand that the depth you have on special teams isn't the depth you have at other positions say running back or linebacker or something like that but you you can't just keep yeah, trotting out the same stuff for running back fumbles in four out of six games right probably gonna not gonna give many it. carries right so i don't know as if the issues persist which you would have already thought if they had persisted this long you would have addressed it in a bigger way but it hasn't happened yet so that also raises another question what are the other options very good question I don't and have the answer to it. I just asked the questions. We saw the uh, the guy that called in Monday, Joe in Greensboro, telling us about Conrad. All, all state performer in yeah, high school. Kicked a 50-yarder against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did have photographic evidence of him practicing at practice, where you practice. And Brock Spalding holding said kick. Brock Spalding, a freshman uh, receiver, and uh, – saw on a certain hoist the colors message board that maybe brock spalding could be added to the mix at receiver some moving forward he's a inside guy short guy quick guy so uh maybe if he's going to get on the field at receiver and start using games towards his red shirt maybe they get him involved in holding i don't know i we're just spitballing here trying to come up with ideas maybe solutions but just some way shape or form where this kicking operation can look smoother than it has because it's something has got to be fixed whether it's the guys that have been on the field fixing it themselves or whether it's somebody new coming in right so, and again it stinks that we have to keep talking about this but it is a an issue a factor in these games we've seen it come down to two games at the end and it not work we've seen it in pirate victories where they've had issues we saw it last week in a double digit loss where there were still those issues so it's uh it's unfortunate that we have to have this conversation now considering where our heads were at the beginning of the season but if you're on the brink of a bowl game say you know six you're five and five with two games to go in the season you don't want to have to look back say you finish five and seven rather than six and six you don't want to have to look back and say well what if we had addressed those special teams issues sooner than would we be in a bowl game because now and uh like i alluded to we were you know we were thinking the floor is maybe seven and five for this team and now we're looking at i thought seven and five going into the year was my prediction i thought the eight and nine was a little 
too rich yeah, for my blood. A little too high, sure. But uh, I, think, I, I thought a six and six was a pretty good floor yeah, for this I don't, team. I don't think anybody expected us to be this far into the th- into the season and start thinking, well, we might not see a bowl game this yeah. year. But and your scenario reality. of being five and five or being right there around it is uh, could very well be reality. Every game the rest of this season, I think the spread on these games, UCF. I don't know. UCF looks really good, but they're coming here. So I think every game the rest of the way will be uh, spread within a touchdown. I agree. Outside of Temple, where we will be double-digit favorites, maybe 20-point favorites. But, like, it's going to be nip and tuck. It's going to be very close, could go either way. So you're going to need all three phases firing. And right now, um, have we? what game have we had this year where all three phases did fire off? Campbell? Maybe. But in that game, do we have special teams issues? Yeah, I don't know. And and that's an FCS opponent, so right. that barely counts. I mean, there were only seven touchdowns, or only. There were seven touchdowns scored, no field goals. Um, and I, I think I mentioned it before, but it would have been nice if you're up, let's say, 42 to nothing, or 42 to what would have, 10? Uh, anyway, if you're up 42 to 10, maybe kick a field goal rather than go for it on fourth down just let owen daffer go out there and get some confidence back if you yeah i mean if, if you're up 32 points there is no pressure in that situation so give him some of those no pressure situations and but a real game situation some. right like yes. you said yeah. yeah real game situation but it doesn't it's okay if you miss it ecu and memphis flight by yingling uh practice report brought to you by flight by yingling the next generation of light beer don't just raise a glass raise the bar flight by yingling available wherever beer is sold going to be a fun edition of the bud light pregame tailgate because we kick off at 3 30 so we're going to have a lot of football to watch if you'd like to donate a tv or two to put in the studio so i could have multiple tvs that'd be fantastic because at 3 30 you've got alabama at Tennessee, that line is moving in Alabama's favor right now. Uh, it was seven yesterday. I'm seeing it like at eight, eight and a half today. So uh, that one coming up at 3.30. NC State at undefeated Syracuse is at 3.30. Oklahoma State at TCU, two top tip 15 teams there, also at 3.30. So that 3.30 window is going to be awesome tomorrow. One thing I was, uh, I've been seeing a lot of on social media and stuff like that um a lot of people are liking tennessee to upset alabama when is when is the last time people expected alabama to get upset and it happened i feel like these losses that they've had like to uh, to johnny football to i don't know name some alabama losses um they lost to lsu uh the joe burrow team but who was what was the line in that they ooh that's a good question i don't know they might they might i don't know is that similar to this one where lsu really had a one year flash in the pan season with burrow and those guys so it and tennessee i mean it could be a similar situation to this it could be i i just don't like seeing trendy upset picks against alabama well i mean this year alone you've had texas you've had texas a&m arkansas which they haven't been popular upset picks like this tennessee team is but uh i just feel like if alabama kind of 
sleepwalks through the regular season. Right. Like they barely care because their goals are to be playing in January. Yeah. And not in October. And with the strength of the SEC this year, if you drop a game, it half the half the conference is ranked. You can you can pick those wins right back up and you're still in the playoffs. Yeah, if they lose this one, they just got to beat Georgia in the championship. Right. It, it's a guarantee uh, every year. If you're the SEC champion, you you will find yourself in the playoffs. When is Tennessee-Georgia? I think that's a, almost a more important game than this game. That game is November 5th. So, I mean, that's because if Tennessee wins this one but loses to Georgia – they're not going to be in the SEC championship and probably not in a playoff. Right. So it's it's like a gauntlet for Tennessee. Yeah. They've got Alabama, UT Martin, and then uh, Kentucky, Georgia. So a uh, huge stretch here for the Volunteers, but I do like Bama. I think they uh, everybody's looking for an edge. Very rarely can Nick Saban use anything outsider say as motivation. But uh, he'll be saying, he'll be having all the, look who's picking us to lose this week. Right. They think we've lost our, our touch, our edge. So, yeah. Uh, give me give me the, I know sports guy Chandler Honeycutt likes uh, Tennessee, but <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not on Team Chandler on this one. Uh, and then later that night, Clemson at Florida State should be good. USC at Utah. USC, 6-0. and Year one, Lincoln Riley. If they win this game, they are in uh, a bit of a driver's seat situation. They've still got UCLA on the schedule, who is uh, undefeated right now. That coming up in mid to late October, the 19th, or in November, I'm sorry, November 19th. And they got Notre Dame, who's starting to play better. But if USC wins this game, you've got to consider them a playoff team at this point. I agree. They've And they've looked great. A lot of these games... Um, <laughs> Cliff, you've picked a lot of them. So yeah, I keep picking them to lose in yeah. our uh, our top ten pool. And they end up not only do they win some of them, they end up just running away with some of these games. Um, so if I mean, if you run the table in the Pac-12, which looks stronger than normal this year, you should be in the playoffs. It's not. I don't think it should be a question. Yeah, I'm interested to see like the discussions on what happens with the SEC. So like. Georgia, let's say Georgia beats Tennessee, and it's Georgia-Bama in the championship, both undefeated. They're both getting in, right? You would you would have to think so. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got, right now, number three or two, depending on the poll, is Ohio State. Michigan's a top-five team. So the winner of that game should be is going to get in. Yeah. The loser will be eliminated, likely. So it could come down to... This is what I want to happen because I like when teams get left out and angry and mad. I want to see Georgia and Alabama run the table regular season, meet in the championship. Winner is number one in the college football playoff. Loser is number four, I guess. And then you've got Ohio State. Say they run the table. They're number two. Number three, do you put undefeated Clemson or undefeated USC? Or if you want to get freaky, undefeated Oklahoma State out of the Big 12. Like, I would love to see all these undefeated teams at the end and only one of those three get in. Yeah. There's a, 
there's a lot of top heavy it's top heavy when you look at the rankings by the way it's not going to end up this way no we're going to have a lot of losses along the way somebody's going to lose to a 500 team and that just you know that kicks you out right there looking at undefeated teams right now so every team that i've mentioned uh is flawless uh tennessee is up there okay oklahoma state Ole miss is six and oh penn state ucla both undefeated and tcu is undefeated and so we've got a loser leaves town match this week with oklahoma state and tcu i would think so this you can write whoever loses that game out of the playoffs because it seems uh whoever wins that game is still going to be fighting uphill at least at the moment the other two teams undefeated in the top 25 syracuse they have beat clemson before with dino babers uh they've got nc state tomorrow and do you know the other undefeated top 25 team cj has cincinnati lost uh yeah they lost to arkansas oh, right awesome. yeah the dukes of james madison oh right <laughs> i always forget there i keep forgetting they've moved up that's right uh how about james madison now you want to play the if game we can play the if game i love if games if East Carolina has their schedule, are they undefeated? Maybe. Maybe. Although Appalachian State kicked our tail last year. Yeah. So maybe not. Uh, but they have beaten, James Madison has beaten Middle Tennessee, Norfolk State, App State, where they were down, it, was it 28 to 3? It was 28 to 7, maybe. Mm. Uh, but they beat them 32 to 28. Texas State, Arkansas State. So they hadn't, they hadn't really beat anybody, but winning at App State is very impressive something east carolina didn't do last year in charlotte but basically they've played a fool's gold schedule at this point they've got some very interesting matchups georgia southern tomorrow but after that they got marshall at home at louisville at old dominion i hope they can keep winning and coastal can keep winning it would set up an awesome date in harrisonburg on november 26th coastal at jmu that would be yeah that would be a good stretch of games leading to a very big matchup i would like to see um what channel they're put on what who broadcasts them if they uh both run the table up to that game that i guess a big uh game. fun belt gets some some espn love right the I plus so. or uh or maybe they'll stick that if they're both undefeated they're they might throw it on abc or something or uh at least espn so uh looking around the world of college football gonna be an awesome weekend an awesome saturday and we're gonna be hanging out with you during your saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, 3.30, and then after the game, the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. All right, let's get our first break in. We'll come back, have more for you on Pirate Radio Live. Oh, I didn't even set up the show, did I? Coming up uh, later on this hour, and uh, I might talk to him next, uh, Brooks Hill, former Pirate Radio intern. We'll find out what he's up to these days, but also hockey snuck up on me. The Hurricanes are already 1-0 before we could even do our preview. So we've got uh, some Canes hockey talk coming up with Brooks Hill. They beat the Columbus Blue Jackets 4-1 on Wednesday night. They are on the road tonight at the Sharks, San Jose. So uh, we'll talk some Canes hockey in Hour 2. Week 6 NFL picks. Hopefully you picked the Commanders last night. What's the guy's name? 
Facebook. Carson Wentz is that guy. Jack, why are you always talking about Carson Wentz? Is it a joke? It's got to be a joke. Carson Wentz, your winning quarterback last night, threw for 99 yards. 99 passing yards in an NFL game. And they won the game. Man, we'll uh, talk NFL in hour two. Hey, Tony Dunn got rid of his coach. No more Matt Rule. Also, Tony talked to Jonathan Stewart this week on his podcast. Uh, So we'll talk about that with Tony in hour two, hour three. A lot of guests to get to. Morgan Ehlers, Brian North, and Mark Greenells from the Golf Shop Radio Show. It's all ahead. Beautiful Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Needs a beer for the weekend? The Jarvis Street Bottle Shop near Christie's Pub is a specialty shop selling craft, uh, domestic, and import brews. And uh, they also have a wine and growlers. The bottle shop offers monthly beer and wine tastings featuring rotating North Carolina craft breweries, along with live music and discounts. Stop by Tuesday through Sunday or check out the Jarvis Street Bottle Shop on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a Friday, and I've just received good news for myself. Shirley and CJ. And that is? Um, well, do you like surprises? Sure. Surprises are fun. I'll give you a clue, though. As long as they're good surprises. Band on the run. Band on the run. What is that, Shirley? Band on the run. I don't think that's a band. Band on the run. No, it's a song. She was singing the song. Oh no, I know. I'm Just trying to little... think of who sings it, and it's for some reason Paul McCartney comes to mind, but I don't think that's right. Paul McCartney is correct, but um, it was oh. it was part of a Paul McCartney and the Wings. No, 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 no. Paul McCartney and the yeah, the Wings. Okay. Did I have it right? Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. Now, what is? Do you know where, what I'm getting at? Wings over Greenville. Correct. Oh. <laughs> uh, thank you for playing my little game. Oh, Charlie. I've gotten pretty good at that. Uh, you know, six degrees of separation of Kevin Bacon. So, you know, I can put two and two together once in a while. And our old buddy Chandler, who uh, I tell you what, that man loves a wing or two. Not a sports guy, though. Not a sports guy, and today, not a Wings Over Greenville guy, because he is not here. But we will enjoy him in yes. his absence. Uh, our buddy Ryan from Wings Over Greenville says uh, we, we must have put out the Wings Over signal. So there's a uh, that's a great way to start a great sports weekend. Some Wings Over Greenville. They deliver. Uh, check them out if you are uh, looking for some great football food or, again, playoff baseball uh hurricanes tonight everything going on bray wyatt so is bray gonna be on smackdown tonight he will be yes he will he will be live Mm. surely doing a promo yes 
I got I got to tune in. I guess I'm excited. I am why a, am I doing a promo? <laughs> Shirley's doing airplane jokes. Very good, Shirley. No, the look on CJ's face. You won't be getting a pity laugh out of me. <laughs> That's supposed am to be I get, funny. Am I getting the crickets? Uh, so there you go. All right, um, man, man, I'm fired up about that. Braves baseball coming up at 4:30 right now. Sweating out of under in Guardians and Yankees. It is two to two as they move to the top of the seventh. Great day for mustaches in the Bronx. Uh, Nestor Cortez starting and Matt Carpenter just batted. So, and uh, our, our little guy CJ has got a little mustache going. Thanks. Yeah. Glad you noticed. Yeah. How, have you ever gone just just mustache? Um, last year for mustache march. Mustache yes. march. Yeah. We need to. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I feel like I usually go beard when it gets a little cooler. Yeah. But I'm going with the. Uh, I don't know. Kind of less hair right now. Yeah. Got so, the uh, got the smooth haircut. Got the and I I don't know. I don't like to go full. Like a forty year old man probably. I look at this two ways. I, I I get upset when people say, "Should X be wearing Y." And I'm like, do whatever the hell you want that makes you happy, right? It's your if, money. You if, spent it. Yeah. If a 40-year-old man wants to wear a jersey, he can. It's not the best look. It's not the most mature look. It's not what you wear in a business meeting. But then again, why should a guy who's put a tie on get more credibility than a guy in a Ronald Acuna jersey? That's right. What does that prove? What's the guy in the tie know? You know who Ronald Acuna is, clearly. Clearly, You're wearing his jersey. I'm kind of here, and I'm here to, to remind you. Yeah, to get rid of those stereotypes. That just because a suit walks in doesn't mean he knows what the hell he's talking about. There you go. I could wear freaking gym shorts and a baseball jersey and no more than this monkey in a suit yes you can change the game clip i'm trying to change the game i'm trying to change the way people think and maybe there's a decorum and dress codes and things like that sure i get it i guess you can't well you probably shouldn't wear like your pajama bottoms to a business meeting sure but then again if you do it doesn't mean you it just probably means you maybe are lazier yeah sure <laughs> so, so look what i'm trying to say is lazy people can g- still get ahead in life that's right <laughs> lazy dressers this, like myself this took so many turns then again i had to button this this is a button up you're wearing a freaking t-shirt that's true it took me longer to put on this ensemble than it took you it's a good point i don't know what point i'm trying to make anymore me neither you had a tree and you've got like 15 new branches on it other than if i sat here wearing a tie on this show there are certain people that would think oh this guy probably knows what he's talking about he's wearing a tie but i'm sitting here in a baseball jersey and i'm like this guy's a clown straight up clown no let my words prove to you that i'm a clown not my wardrobe I think that last comment also only applied to people who are watching on YouTube and Facebook Live. Yeah, well, people, I wonder what people who have only listened to the radio think about. We, like, should, we should do that. People on the radio, guess what you're wearing every day. <laughs> I will describe it. Yeah. 
and uh today i'm wearing an authentic ronald acuna junior jersey that i got overseas for like 19 bucks very authentic great buy hey look it's great stitching it's uh i had no idea flawless uh so yeah i'm a fan of it all right uh where are we what are we talking about i thought you wanted to talk canes hockey yeah we'll get to brooks in a minute uh josh says kind of like the millionaire farmer in overalls at his feed store that man has more wisdom than any suit josh gets it genius josh gets what i'm saying thank you josh he's picking up what you're putting down that's right uh don't judge a book by its cover in fact don't read books at all it's boring yeah i can't read you (laughs) i like books i just i don't know why i feel like i should give time to tv shows and movies but not books you know i do why because you can just sit there because it's easier yeah because when you're reading a book you also can't be scrolling through twitter and checking scores on your phone why why (laughs) would i read the hunger games when i could just watch it in two hours you know because there's so much more in the books than there are in the movies surely surely hear me out you know what's crazy cj what's crazy that might be the last book i actually read (laughs) because at the time uh my stepkids were were living with us liz and todd and liz had the book and i had heard about it and i said uh hey can i read that because it was before the movie came out i think i heard the movie was coming out and people were excited about it and they were excited about it so i was like hey can i check this out and i read it and it was actually good it It was was really good yeah it was good and uh i was into it man and that's probably the last book i actually read there you go I like to ask people what their favorite book was uh, that they read in school, so I'll ask you. Um, I read a couple, well, I won't even say it's favorites, but now I started, so I'll bring it up. I read a couple of the Harry Potter books, but I fell off of it. There is a series, oh, I know, <laughs> Captain Underpants clip. Have you ever read those books? Can't say that I have. Okay, well, for... They're really good. Yeah, for those who have read it, i mean there's nothing to it but they're funny i mean it's called captain underpants i don't know what you'd expect out of it yeah it doesn't sound that no. sounds kind of up to my speed uh josh says an hour in the weight room is better than a lifetime in the library now i don't know if i necessarily agree with that <laughs> but again to each their own like strength is important it really depends on what your profession is what you are interested in well it personal yeah personal interest do you want mental strength or physical strength pick one because not everybody needs mental strength that's right in their job and there are a lot of millions of jobs that don't require any physical strength not you know not everybody is doing the same thing i think back to all those classes i had where i was doing math with letters and they're like, dude, you're going to need this in life. No, nope. not at used all. It once. Not at all. Not algebra. Math and was fun until they started putting X's and Y's and all that stuff. And you know how much, you remember how much that stressed you out too? It was awful. Oh, like, I've got to know horrible. this because I got to get a good grade on this test. But more importantly, when I'm 30 and 40 years old, I'm going to have to know this stuff every day in life. And now I pull out my The hell phone. are we thinking? It's a, a giant scam. 
It is. Because I could pull out my phone and just punch everything into a calculator now. Mm-hmm. I was convinced that I would not. I was convinced if I walked down the street as like a 20-year-old using my phone, somebody would take it. You'd get arrested. Yeah. if you, you, you can't use a calculator in life, folks. Nope. Bull crap. I'm an adult. I can do whatever I want. That's right. I need, we should go talk to these kids in school. We should. And say what these teachers are telling you is an absolute fabrication. Let's tell them the truth. <laughs> they need to know the truth. You can use calculators. You can use ca- I got a computer, a phone, a calculator, a television. I got all I got friends I can ask if I don't know the math problem. Don't ask me. You can ask Shirley. You get a lot more uh, help in life as an adult than you do as a kid. Shirley. Yes. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. I mean, let's talk periodic table. Please, let's not. Nah. What are you, sodium over there? <laughs> All right, Cliff, what's AU? Gold, baby. Okay. What is K? Potassium, girl. I almost called you a B word. <laughs> <laughs> Keep coming. Bring them. But what do we use it for? Nothing. Exactly. I don't even know what potassium is in bananas it's in everything believe it or not josh says shout out to the math teacher that said i'd never have a calculator everywhere i go jokes on her (laughs) (laughs) well i mean you remember back in the day when calculators on watches were like banned in school you couldn't even have those and you couldn't exactly get away with it because it made that little and then they made our parents buy those expensive uh, TI-82 calculators. Yeah. Which was ridiculous. And we used to play uh, Drug War on them. Remember that game? What games did you uh, Shirley, you probably no, didn't I have did, any of this. No, I did. What I did with calculators was come up with rather risque. Just say it. You spell boobs. Yeah. Boobies. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Boobless. You could spell yeah, that. Boobless, yeah, boobless. Yeah. Of that, course. Hey, kids, that's what we did for fun back in our day. <laughs> we didn't have all this technology you had so we had to go eight the closest thing to technology we had was (laughs) we we had to type in calculators five eight zero zero eight yeah to spell out words (laughs) so we did for fun upside down that made second period fun then we got to figure out what to do in third period and you know what our penmanship was above par because we actually had to write everything oh, these goodness. days instead of typing it into an electronic computer. Cursive. That was another stressful activity. Yes, because you had to make sure What's, that... What CJ is CJ trying to prove that... I write like, good. <laughs> but he spelled it G-U-D. <laughs> I, uh, I do not have good handwriting. That has been proven on this show. Uh, but, that, but that's the thing, though. You know, we had to write everything, including when people communicate... You know, in in school, i.e., gossip. How did you communicate? If oh, you yeah. didn't talk in class, you, you wrote notes. notes. Yeah, and you'd pass them back and forth. You know, you had to be slick about it because you couldn't get caught, or you get in trouble. And some teachers, if you they caught what you wrote, you know, if you were caught passing notes, they would read the note out loud. CJ, did you get in trouble in school? Probably not. You were probably a good boy. Mm. For the most part, yes. Yeah. I had perfect attendance a lot. I was a good kid. Hey, part of it is just showing up, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's I wasn't a troublemaker. Well, I was more just about you than your parent, uh more about your parents than it does about you. I mean, they made you go to school. Sure. 
They had, you had to get there. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, if it was your decision, would you have had perfect attendance? Nope. Exactly. So, yeah, that means you had uh, some good folks. I was mostly a quiet kid, but occasionally I would get kind of mischievous. Like, if I was in a class that I was comfortable with the teacher, I would get a little mischievous, but. Uh, I was mostly a quiet kid. That was your nickname, Miss Chevious. <laughs> there you go. M I S S. And she don't miss. Like when I was in Coach Jones's class, the one class in my entire academic career that I failed. What happened? Well, okay, so Coach Jones, who it, he was a tennis coach. In 50 he words was, or less. In 50 words or less. He was a Bob Dylan fan and he was notorious. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, you said 50 words a list. I know. I took a turn. I wasn't expecting. <laughs> he was a massive... Ooh, ooh, ooh. Exactly. He said... Bob Dylan sounds like a dying goat. <laughs> and along with Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks and Bob Dylan both sound like dying goats when you hear them sing. Ooh. Well, the problem was is that he found it hilarious to play Bob Dylan songs while we were taking tests. Yeah. The problem with my brain that's is... That's like a crowd getting out on a free throw. Like, right, that's right. Very distracting. And for me, I spent more time wondering why this dying goat was howling in my ear uh, than paying attention in class. Answer one, Bob Dylan sucks. Yeah. No, to this day, I still see him. I still bump into him because he still lives in the area. I bump into him every now and then. And uh, the funny thing is, is he was a full-time teacher, but he was also a minister. And he actually came to my church one day to uh, to deliver a sermon, and he brought up Bob Dylan. And I just was like, please, no, not in my church. Please don't. If you play a Bob Dylan song, I'm just going to lose it right here. Um, still don't like Bob Dylan to this day. To this day. But this day. he did it so many times that I did not do well on my tests. And you know, tests count. And uh, so I flunked. Playing Bob Dylan. I blame fault. I blame Bob Dylan. LZD says, "What are y'all's thoughts? A, we cover. B, we don't cover, but win. C, Memphis wins. The line and the betters out there are telling me to go with A. We cover. I think B at the least, and A is going to be my official answer. Pirates win, thirty-eight to twenty-seven. So I'll say A. How about you, CJ? I will also say." Uh, a the pirates cover i think it will be a close game throughout and sometime mid to late fourth quarter uh the pirates kind of take advantage um and they kind of just overpower memphis i'll say say pirates 37 memphis 30 ah this feels like a game to me we get the ball first we go down the field and score yep and the scoring begins, and it continues on throughout the game. I wouldn't be surprised uh, a couple years ago, ECU versus SMU that ended up in the 50s. Yeah. I, wouldn't I, shock me. I love ECU on a bounce back. Unfortunately, we keep being put in this scenario because we keep losing. Right. I'd rather not be here, but they seem to play well coming off losses. Right. And Sur- Surely, A, B, or C. A, we cover. B, we win, but don't cover. By the way, the spread five five and a half six uh b we win don't cover c memphis wins a b or c a all right and again i think a lot of that is just coming off a win we got a little attitude to us 
I expect a much better performance than last week. Yeah. I, I hate to say it, and I hate to say that we have to keep bringing it up, but this is a must win, especially you mentioned it earlier how good uh, UCF looked against Temple. That team – And SMU. And, yes, and we have to play that team next week. Yeah. So – if you if you lose the game tomorrow, there's there is no guarantees that you win against UCF and you're staring three and five in the face. Mm. With BYU and Cincinnati coming up. With BYU and Cincinnati coming up. We damn well better win. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk to Brooksy. Brooks Hill. He will join us to talk Kane's hockey here on Pirate Radio Live on a Friday. A lot more to get to. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear ENC.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Vacation spots are right here in our very own backyard. Take a trip to a state park and enjoy traditional camping, RV space, and also air conditioned cabins that can be rented with Wi Fi. If you're by a lake, be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or kayak and get out on the water. Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please visit ncstateparks.gov. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, if baseball and football and the start of ECU basketball practice and all that isn't enough, let's throw in a little hockey. Brooks Hill, former Pirate Radio intern, our resident Kaniac, joining us on the Pit Electric Live Line. Canes 1-0. And they play tonight. Uh, we'll talk about it with Brooks right now. Brooks, how you doing, man? Doing good, Clip. Good to hear your voice again. Absolutely. And, uh, boy, the hockey season kind of crept up on me here. So we're going to do our Canes preview a- after they already have a W. Uh, picked up a win on Wednesday night. So we'll talk about uh, this year's Carolina Hurricanes. But first, Brooks, tell everybody you're a, a former Pirate Radio intern. Uh, you've worked with the Wilson Tobbs. You've called some games. You've done a lot already in your young career. But uh, give us a life update. What you're up to these days? Oh, thanks, Cliff. And, you know, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have had a lot of these opportunities. But uh, I'm up in Binghamton, New York right now as the Director of Media Relations and Broadcasting for the Binghamton Black Bears, a hockey-rich town that has had minor league teams come through for the last 50 years. And so they're getting ready to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Binghamton hockey. I recently moved up here at the beginning of the month and uh, officially became an out-of-market Pirate and Hurricanes fan. So that's what I've been up to, getting ready for our home opener tonight. Awesome. Getting a big chance to broadcast a hockey game for the first time this season. Yeah, and uh, you're a big hockey guy. You've been involved with uh, baseball, so how excited are you? Is hockey your your favorite sport? Brooks, would you say what is your, your favorite sport? I would say my favorite sport to watch is hockey, hands down. Unfortunately, I didn't get the chance to play ice hockey as a kid as I failed ice skating as a kid and was <laughs> so down on myself. I never went back and tried to pass the class to get into hockey basic instruction, but now – 
that I'm working with a hockey team. I have purchased a pair of skates, and I'm looking forward to learning how to skate and hopefully one day I'll be able to play in the men's league wherever I end up. Wow, okay. You're never too old. So there you go. Brooks Hill getting back on the ice, and I will be calling some action coming up tonight. Canes in action tonight as well as they will be out on the road. Hurricanes at Sharks coming up at 1030. Let's talk about the uh, – uh, the season opener, uh, Brooks and the Canes able to win it four to one over the Blue Jackets. Uh, we're down one nothing, then scored four straight to win it. Uh, what a way to open up the year! A nice four one victory in front of the home crowd. Oh yeah, and then a lot of people I could see on Twitter as I was following along with the game were pretty upset that the Hurricanes didn't score in the first period and they were getting outshot. But as you and me both know, Cliff, you just gotta kind of wait and see for Carolina to get to their game. And sure enough, they did. They finished the game with over 40-plus shots. And, you know, four goals on opening night is pretty solid. And Frederick Anderson looks good in his first game back from injury since mid-April last year when he went down against the Avalanche out on the road in Colorado. But uh, a big test as they get the Western hockey road trip here, going through Canada and the uh, California states and Seattle crack. And I think it will be big for the Hurricanes to try to exercise some demons, you know, they were eliminated from the playoffs last year simply because they couldn't win on the road. And what a chance then the present then now to go out there and play five straight on the road far away from home and starts off tonight with San Jose. Brooks Hill joining us, Pit Electric Live Line. Brooks, uh, recap the offseason for us. What were the Who were the newcomers on this team uh, to look out for? Uh, well, unfortunately, the biggest man that they did sign in the offseason or trade in the offseason was Pat Giretti from the Vegas Golden Knights. He and Dylan Coughlin came over in a deal for future considerations, but Pacioretty actually injured his Achilles in the offseason. Once he got to Raleigh, had surgery the next day, and is now going to be aiming to come back around the trade deadline to, Excuse me to rejoin the Hurricanes. I think that's going to be a big addition. They also added Paul Stasny to the team, who we saw play on a line with Jordan Stahl the other night, Andre Cache, as well two guys who have come in uh, to the lineup here lately. They brought back Derek Stefan on a professional tryout and it was announced on Tuesday that I think the team signed him to a one-year deal. He played the other night on the fourth line and did a good job centering. Unfortunately, we did lose some fan favorites in the form of Nino Ninerider. Uh He signed with the Nashville Predators, and I think everybody saw the writing on the wall that Tony D'Angelo was going to get a lot more money to go elsewhere. He left town and went to the Philadelphia Flyers. So those are the key additions and subtractions, I would say, in the lineup. And there's some good guys who are in the Chicago Wolves system right now, the AHL level, who I think any day or any given moment is a phone call away from coming up to the NHL level. Brooks Hill joining us, Pitt Electric Live Line, talking Canes hockey. The Hurricanes uh, had that long playoff list streak uh, Brooks, where uh, they went in 2009, didn't go again until 2019. But man, they really built this thing. Uh, a lot of young talent, a lot of homegrown talent, and now four straight trips to the playoffs, uh, and uh, have you know went to the conference finals back in 2019. So, what are the the expectations now? They are in a a pattern, Brooks. I think we talked about this a few years ago, where it's not just you know a, a playoff season here and there. They have built themselves to be a contender each and every year, so is that the case this year as well? Yes, I would say so too, Cliff. And, you know, going back in our many years of talking Hurricane hockey with each other, 
I was telling you that they're in their second year of, I would think, their two-year window mm-hmm. to be true contenders for the Stanley Cup, and that's not me trying to be a homer or anything like that, as I do now work in hockey. So I think I have a little bit more credibility now than just being a regular old uh, fanboy. But uh, I think this is their window that they can capitalize on. You know, you have the pieces back, Ajo, Teravine, and Svechnikov, Jarvis, who had a goal last night to get the place going and tie the game at one. Guys like Slavin. You added Brett Burns. I also forgot to mention him. Brett Burns, a big addition on the blue line. And playing in San Jose tonight for the first time uh, as a visitor is going to be a really unique thing for him. But uh, I think that the goaltending's there. You know, can you stay healthy? You look at what Colorado did last year. The only critique that I hear about the Hurricanes, really, about the reason that they don't win Stanley Cup or they don't get to the finals or the conference finals in last year is they don't have a true, quote-unquote, superstar that you can point to on other teams. The Colorado Avalanche have Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr. The Tampa Bay Lightning have Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov, Victor Hedman. And I think there's still some people who aren't putting Sebastian Ajo quite in that superstar level of mentality and results. And they tried to go out to get scoring depth with Pacioretty. Unfortunately, he's injured, but I think he'll be a big plus to help out at the end of the season. But it would just be, okay, can the Canes continue to perform at a high level during the regular season to put them in a good spot to get a favorable matchup come playoff time and unfortunately, Cliff, they're going to have to win a road game in the playoffs. They're going to make it to the Stanley Cup final. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of funny to joke about, but their only reason why they didn't play the Tampa Bay Lightning is because they couldn't win a road game. Sounds like uh, that one's still kind of sticking with you, Brooks. It kind of is. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's yeah. as good a team as Carolina had, lead the, or led the league in penalty kills, and was a top-10 team in power play. And it's like, oh, road game. Which they were did fine all regular season year, like during the yeah. year, and it's just like, oh man, we cannot figure it out. Brooks Hill joining us talking Canes hockey here on Pirate Radio Live. Canes Sharks going at it late night tonight. Brooks, uh, I'm looking at the odds to win the Eastern Conference, and you got those Florida teams up there uh, once again with the Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay Lightning, Maple Leafs, actually a uh, the favorite. Uh, to win the East, and then the Hurricanes right there uh, with those Florida teams. So does that sound about right? How, how about this? Who is an Eastern Conference team I didn't mention there uh, in that top four that uh, could surprise this year? I think Columbus could surprise people this year. I think they are going to get back into the playoffs. They signed Johnny Gaudreau to a seven-year contract in the offseason from the Calgary Flames, and Patrick Laine came back. A lot of people thought Patrick Laine was going to walk away from Columbus. But adding a great forward like Johnny Gaudreau is just going to help out Columbus so much. Unfortunately, Lane went down with an injury in the game on Wednesday night, but I think he'll be back sooner rather than later. And if those two can get firing, I think that they're going to have a really good year. And I would look for Columbus to surprise a lot of people, maybe getting into a playoff spot. And, uh, you know, Pittsburgh is always going to Pittsburgh. You know, they still have Walken, still have Crosby. Alex Ovechkin's still alive and kicking. He's still going to score power play goals from his office. So all of those teams are still going to, you know, give teams a tough time, and especially Washington with the stadium series coming up in February out at Carter-Finley Stadium. And I think that John Tortorella, as the new head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, has a lot to prove that he can take a team that was not so hot last year and kind of flip them around and try to get back to the nitty-gritty that the Philadelphia Flyers' identity has always been. 
Brooksdale joining us, talking some Canes hockey, Hurricanes, and Sharks tonight. Canes 1-0 on the year after their win over that Blue Jackets team that uh, Brooks mentioned a moment ago. Uh, Brooks, good stuff, man. Uh, you will be calling some action tonight. If we want to hear from the old Pirate Radio intern, uh, will you be streaming online anywhere? Can we hear you? Absolutely. But thank you for asking. I was going <laughs> to plug it anyway, but you're such a good host that you brought it up yourself. <laughs> so if fans want to go to YouTube and they want to search Binghamton Black Bears and click on the YouTube page, we will have a full video broadcast just like any fan would watch a hockey game on their TV, ESPN+, Plus, all that kind of action. we got moving graphics, multi-cameras, everything. They can hear my voice. That might not be a, a good thing, but they can watch along and follow along with the Black Bears this season on YouTube. Awesome stuff, Brooks. We're uh, we're proud of you, man. Keep up the great work, and I know you're excited and uh, going to call some hockey this year. That's awesome stuff, and we'll keep in touch with you when you get a chance and uh, talk more Canes hockey down the road with you, buddy. All right. Thank you, Cliff. I appreciate it. All right. There is uh, former Pirate Radio intern Brooks Hill about to call some hockey tonight, and uh, Tony Dunn said to join us for hour two. Tony also a Caniac, uh, his wife, especially yeah, Miranda definitely. as well. And uh, y'all making plans to go see him this year? We will definitely be going. I haven't even thought about it to this point It yet. snuck up on me. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah. so. Brooks has to be one of the most knowledgeable guests ever. He knows, he knows the so roster inside much. and out, and he was uh, a very depressed Canes fan for a decade when they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. And now uh, seeing a lot of success. 1-0 Sharks tonight, Tony. So looking for something to do. Something yeah, to definitely. watch later tonight. Check out the Canes. Better All right. than watching football on a Thursday night. Definitely. We don't. Oh, we do have to hear from your former head coach, Ron Rivera. Oh, yeah. He lost it in the postgame last night. Did you <laughs> oh, hear it? Oh, no, I didn't. I actually meant to go. Oh, good. Saw it. Well, just I, wait. Okay. We'll hear it. On the other side, Tony's team needs a coach. We'll discuss that, and we'll make some picks for week six. We'll do all that when we return. Pirate Radio Live, back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? We'll keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, Hour 2. Every Friday, we talk NFL with Tony Dunn, CountyCatChronicles.com. Huge week for the C3 podcast. They had former Panthers running back Jonathan Stewart on the show and uh, also... Uh, that was overshadowed. Uh, overshadowed this uh, interview you were just showing me during the break, Tony. I saw that you were going to have this. I totally forgot about it. You had the famous fake Matt Rule guy. Yeah, who I was mean, he's cooler over. than the real Matt Rule. Fake Matt Rule and uh, hilarious interview there. So huge week for you guys. Yeah, man. We had and we have. 
I feel like Clip uh, just going all day, every day. We have we streamed Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So the firing Wednesday. was what day? Monday. Monday. So we had a big <clears throat> post game show. You know that typical fire everybody. Um, you know, the ones that you knew from the Scotty Montgomery years at the post-game show here. Mm-hmm. And then on Monday, we had the the firing, and we went and did a live show, and the response was so overwhelming. We, it was five-and-a-half-hour show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was incredible. And then our Tuesday night show, then Wednesday with Jay Stu. Tonight's the Friday free-for-all. Sunday, we're back at it. So we've been rocking and rolling, man. But it has been more than just a cry fest you know we've actually had some really good content beyond just people saying uh get out of here matt rule i remember those conversations and the meetings here like at pirate radio every week when pirates were losing every week and it was like we can't control what happens on the field we have to keep doing our jobs yeah. whatever they are and coming up with ways to to inform entertain all that no matter what happens on the field and and now you're like you said you're experiencing that now and finding new ways to uh to put out content when yeah. things are because things are awful on the field right now and you're having a great week yeah you know so like i know i know that's it they don't tough. correlate sometimes it's tough and the you know the big fear i have is that like it's just that bump you know you're sitting here going oh this is just a bump because of the news cycle how do we keep this up for the next yeah 10 weeks straight so that's the challenge so we all lock arms together and uh try to you know remember we're gonna have these shows next year so come support us all right before we talk more about your situation let's uh let's talk about your former head coach commanders oh, no oh win yeah last night. oh that's right I mean, that you said former my head former coach. head coach i kept thinking matt rule i was like what did he do other than come on our show the former former gotcha. head coach ron gotcha. rivera who is next up on the NFL firing chopping block. Thanks, so. Although, I'm interested to see what, if Dan Snyder does anything with everything swirling around him. Right yeah, now. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of... <laughs> when you're talking about this, is he's got like private investigators out there getting beef on all the people. Pretty dirt, shocked to say. hear Al Michaels speak about it during the broadcast. Did last he? Night, I, didn't, I didn't watch the game. I turned it off for two seconds. It was so bad, I just turned it off. Saying something like uh, his feeling is that the 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 owners would like dan snyder to sell the team like just making a statement like that making any statement but for al michaels to say it he is not just a an announcer he's practically like the mouth of the nfl like he's one of the guys yeah but he's working for amazon now you know so he's not on the payroll necessarily yeah but he's not he's independent but he's not Right. I mean, he's talking to people. He might be being told to say this. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that probably is the sentiment, is that, like, yeah. wouldn't the the owners would like a Jerry Richardson moment here, and that is where they don't have to force someone out. Here's a question I don't for think you. they should have to. I, don't, I think this is over. I, think, I don't understand why the disdain for him is that large at this point given some of the other things that have happened well you understand my disdain as a fan sure understand my question is why would other owners want them out they are a joke they are easily defeated like 
do they want the overall washington brand to be better and more profitable is that why they would want him out because they want to keep kicking his team's ass on the field yeah i think it has to do with they they don't want people bringing negative attention to the ownership group to the entire NFL, not even to the nfl to the ownership group it's okay for people to do bad things in the nfl but they want the owners to be like this pristine clean out of the spotlight group i think and uh He's the one guy that things have been circling around lately. But I don't even know, really, beyond what just, I mean, just a sexual harassment suit or payout. I mean, is that the craziest, bizarre thing? I don't know. I mean, I just feel like all of a sudden he's become kind of a kicking. Oh, definitely. And you've got all these stories coming out on ESPN and nobody goes on the record. So, like... Hey, do you want to call me for a story, ESPN? I'll give you some dirt on Dan Snyder. Yeah. But it's like somebody said that Dan Snyder said that uh, he's got dirt on Roger Goodell and all this stuff. So, like, I don't know, man. I I don't know if it's a smear campaign or what. Um, It might be unfair to say, but I think he deserves it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I think he's upset. I, I bet you he feels upset that he has probably gotten thrown under the bus by the ownership group and by Roger Goodell, particularly with the leaking of those emails and yeah. the partial leaks of those emails. Some people say, why is it that there were only some emails let go than others? And that's a lot of suspicion that they're kind of protecting other people in that NFL investigation. Right. So, look, Roger Goodell does work for the owners. Dan Snyder has not been an owner that can really even go to the meetings right now. He's, like, hiding in France probably still from that subpoena. I will say he's been out in the open more than I've ever seen him these last five to ten years. He went to Jerry World and was hanging out with Jerry. Oh, really? And uh, I think there was a shot of him. I didn't see it on TV, but I saw it online. If it was from last night, a shot of him at the game last night. So he's, like – and I haven't seen – any of them like the last decade and now he's going to games and stuff so it's it's weird to me but anyway what uh, what happened with this rev- i saw the i saw a tweet about it but okay. it did not play the volume i think we've got the question on this shirley do you have rivera ready to go and uh thank you shirley i think we got the beeps in so uh because ron was they dropped the f-bomb he effed and est nice bs so uh, let's hear Ron Rivera after the Commanders win last night. Al Michaels on the broadcast mentioned Dan Snyder and said what the league would love is for him to sell the team. He's become a major problem around the league, obviously. That was his quote during the broadcast. Okay. So I'm wondering, I know obviously you didn't hear that because you're coaching. Right. How, how, throughout today, how did you hear that news? Did it affect you? Um, no, because the truth of the matter is it's not important to me. Okay, what's important to me is the guys in the room. And that's something I've been trying to establish. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get beyond all this stuff that's on the outside that's noise as far as I'm concerned. What I'm focusing on is the development of this football team. There's a group of young men in there that deserve better, okay, in terms of they, they should be acknowledged for what they've done, what they're doing. I don't want to get talking about something that I can't control anyways. I, I have no input. I have, I have nothing to do with that. What I want to do is everything in that room, and that's what I wish we could just stay focused on. And it's difficult. It's hard. But for whatever reason, we're going to stick to what's interesting, and that's playing football for our guys. Ron, you sound more fired up about, you've given similar answers in the past about this, but you seem more fired up now. Is it just to think about the circumstances? The way- no, what's important is these guys, okay? For the last couple of weeks, honestly, I'm going to, I'm going to speak my mind for a second. For honestly, uh, it's been hard. It really has. You lose four games in a row, and everybody wants to get you, you know, just get on you. 
And they've played their asses off. They have. They play their asses off for everybody. They come out and they show up. They work hard. All right. They don't complain. Okay. They hear all this stuff and they got to deal with it. I get that. And I respect them for that because they're resilient. They come back. Everybody keeps wanting to say, I don't want anything to do with Carson. Well, I'm the guy that pulled out the sheets of paper, that looked at the analytics, that watched the tape in the freaking when we were at Indianapolis. Okay. And that's what pisses me off. Because the young man doesn't deserve to have that all the time. I'm sorry, I'm done. Get him, Ron. I love Ron. I like Ron Rivera. I get I get it, but like, hey, Ron, what organization did you think you were going to? You, well, he's you, been with that organization for a minute now. Not man. this one. What? This is worse than Carolina. No, no, but I mean, what is this, third year? Yeah. Yeah, so look, here's the thing with Ron Rivera. The poor guy was probably brought in for this specific thing right here um yeah the name we were saying that at the time that he was brought in because it finally felt like there was an adult in the room yeah that it gave you a little bit of credibility and And he can handle this he's been there before and and it's hard to hate ron rivera i'm starting to see why fans kind of and hate's a strong word but like you get kind of tired of him on the sideline just sitting there making that same expression and you're losing games, arms crossed. But um, it turns out, I'm telling you, I know that in the moment you don't appreciate it. But later on, when you if you guys reel off six, seven in a row at the end of this season, <laughs> you're going to see that's the guy that did it, man. I'm telling you, is that he is the guy. I, I think this Carson Wentz um, drama with him is unlike Ron Rivera, to be honest. What do you mean? You know, where he maybe missed. Oh, oh the, with, uh, yeah. he like, said he was, had a bad week uh, or a bad day talking about the quarterback answer. Yeah, that was out. That's kind of outside. That's un Ron Rivera like. So I think he's probably a little embarrassed by last week himself. Um, and they're just feeling it from every direction at this point. And you know what? Who cares? This is a good. Look, what was the score? 12 7 yeah. in the worst game possible. Carson Wentz had 99 passing yards. What, what? I didn't watch it. Why? What do you mean, why? Like, why did he not have more? The Bears had the ball quite a bit. That was part of that. And also, he stinks. He, suff- he suffered a hand injury, but he was still, he played. He was throwing the football. He looked to be fine. He sucked. They sucked. Their offense is terrible. They ran the ball a lot with Brian Robinson and Gibson and others. Look, uh, Ron Rivera back in. What's your record right now? Two and four. Two and four? Oh, that's it? This is only your second win of the year? They are terrible. What do you okay. think we are, I thought, Tony? No, I thought you would have had one more. Sorry, I thought you had one more. No, more. they're it. awful. Okay. The only reason they won is because the, uh, the Bears, Bears are worse. Muffed, they muffed a punt inside right. the 10-yard line, and we just ran it in with Brian Robinson. All right. Well, Ron Rivera tough guy a oh, good guy to play for though i look i love the man and how many times did we sit here tony and he was his seat his butt cheeks were getting a little oh, warm i know and this then, is this is ron rivera's time right here dude. <laughs> in fact that post game right there where that presser uh might be the thing that turns this tv this this team around all right it's like a fire it's like ron rivera loves his guys Comes in there. He had a talk with Carson Wentz and apologized man to man about it. Packers at Commanders next week. 
Packers. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I mean, come on. The Packers right now are slated to go on a run. They're coming off an embarrassing loss yeah. to the New York Giants. I wouldn't want to be in the way of Aaron Rodgers right now. All right. Tony Dunn, C3, Carolina Cat Chronicles, Duckcam, uh, joining us. Let's take a break and make some picks. We'll do that when we return, including Panthers-Rams. I'm a little nervous to have the Rams as our survivor pool, last man standing, just because of the interim coach rallying around another quarterback. The team's probably more together than they've been all year. On the road. We'll ask uh, ask Tony if those factors will make a difference in the game coming up on Sunday. Bills Chiefs, where do we go with that one? Got a lot of games to pick. Tony says simple. All right, we're back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The sidebar in Uptown Greenville is open and ready to serve you. The Tex Mex Fusion Restaurant offers dinner and Sunday brunch from 10 30 to 2 30. Located right next door to the Dickinson Avenue Public House, the sidebar has indoor dining and patio seating for everyone to enjoy. For the latest on reservations, menu items, and more, follow the sidebar on Facebook or on Instagram at sidebar.greenville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, back with you, Tony Dunn, CarolinaCatChronicles.com, joining us. A special guest as well. Tony, you want to introduce yes, our Yes, this is here? my daughter, Gabriella Dunn. Hello, Gabby. Hi. Man, wait, you guys, you just crashed the party in here. You guys have a, you have a good day at school? Yeah. You come here. Who'd you come here with? Um, mommy and Jenny. Jenny. Where's your little sister at? Bathroom. Oh, your big sister, excuse me. Bathroom. bathroom. Oh, the bathroom still. Are you a uh, Panthers fan as well? Yes. Yes. All right, cool, cool. Great wait, to have you Who's on. your favorite college football team? Uh-oh. ECU. Yeah. Thank you. Good job. Good job. Go Pirates. Right on, right on. I uh, I was told that you had some prepared material. You wanted to say something today? Yes. Okay, you can go ahead. Now that Matt Rule is gone, I am confident about this season, and I'm glad I won't have to see my daddy cry again. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> well done. Uh, uh, except I'm going to cry right now. Does it make you upset when daddy gets mad at the Panthers and sad? Yes. Yeah. Well, it happens. It's only up from here, right? Yeah. Who's your favorite uh, Carolina Panther ever? Do you know? Do you have a favorite player? Cam Newton and McCaffrey. Oh, well done. At least you're not totally brainwashed by your dad. They prepped you on that one. That was a prep question right there. I know the Cam Newton one. The McCaffrey was plant. That's a plant. Well, I'm going to let you pick uh, the game for your dad this week. Panthers at Rams. Who do you think is going to win? panthers all right tony you got the panthers all right well good news gabriella we were just looking up uh how teams perform after they fire their head coach and we got a good shot right yeah the trends say the interim coach wins their first game the last five have done it so could be well thank you for joining us on the show all right 
You Have did a good great. Weekend. You're a natural. In fact, you might be taking my job. Awesome stuff. Gabriella, everybody. Well done. Good job. All right, Tony. Uh, that's great. You're, uh, isn't that great? Your daughter cares about you. She wanted Matt she Rule fired. She does. That's uh, My girls care about me. My son does not. He yeah. doesn't care about anything I'm interested in or anything, but... You know, she is. She'll come Get out, out of my room, room, Dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. He doesn't feel good today. All right. Get well, Michael. All right. Uh, Panthers at Rams. So the data shows, Tony, we were looking at this during the break, that interim coaches in the NFL have won outright, not just covered, but won outright the last five times. Yeah. Uh, can I, I, I want the Rams, though. Oh, I know. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna give you the Rams. <laughs> the PJ, I mean, like we got PJ. Maybe you know PJ did beat Matt Stafford twenty to nothing on his last trip in, in Detroit. Oof, I'm starting to not like these trends here. I know, isn't it? Is it like, is this a sucker? No, nah, I mean it's the biggest spread Trap. of the week is ten. Is like I wouldn't 10? take Rams minus ten. I don't think really. Uh, but I uh, will take them to win outright. Yeah, I think Steve Wilkes probably can keep this group together on the road. And I by think, the way, the Rams have not looked good. No, they've been bad. Yeah. That's the real thing, but I am taking the Rams. Uh, record-wise, Chandler dominating 49-24. and 24. CJ 44-29. and 29. Tony 42-31. And I have a back? winning record. <laughs> I'm 37-36 and 36 overall. I am 12 games back of Chandler. Chandler did not send in his picks this week. The bad news is, if I give them all zeros this week, I still wouldn't catch up with them. Uh, I'll give him an opportunity to make his picks tomorrow, I guess, but he did not send in his picks. So, didn't show up, didn't send in picks. Star employee. Yeah, he's just taking the day off. I got uh, somebody in here who could uh, fill his seat. (laughs) Genius. Chandler takes the Panthers. All right, so I'll take the Rams. CJ. Um, Let me get the Rams. And I do want to say thank you for firing Matt Rule. Not just for your own team, but because you just gifted us the number one overall pick. Oh, why? Because uh, we're gonna win somehow. You'll, you'll like the team will be together. inspired now. Yeah, yeah. That is actually the fear when Steve Wilkes came and took over, or like did the press conference and things. It's like he's so confident and strong and collected. You're like, oh crap! Now we got to cheer for this guy and this team and. There goes C.J. Stroud. Right. <laughs> Does he actually know what he's doing? I hope so, but at the very least, you think so. It doesn't matter. Oh, I know so. It doesn't yeah. matter if he knows what he's doing. They still have the same person. Like, they still could be yeah, bad. Yeah, but see, here's the thing is our personnel was better than our play. Maybe so, but you're still starting P.J. Walker in an NFL game. I will say sure. there are some Which, terrible quarterbacks. Hey, I will say this. We just started uh, Sam Darnold last year, and we started Baker Mayfield <laughs> in an NFL game. Really, is this that far of a move down at this point? No. Nah. Those guys weren't even completing 50% of their passes. right? So, I mean, P.J. might be a dang upgrade at this point. And the, I really do think that uh, if you look at Steve Wilkes, is that, man, he – probably is a guy that can handle the job he was he went three and 13 in arizona and i know you go oh he's a one year got fired he had uh the the team didn't believe in him at all they were set up he was set up to fail right they have he had 480 roster moves that year 
Like, what? what is that even? How does that even possible? We didn't even have the same team any week, right? I've played fantasy football with some crackheads, and, like, they don't even make that many moves. <laughs> right. Like, for an NFL team and to do that? I tell you this, is I'm not the most committed fantasy football player. I'm probably the least. But they do annoy me, these guys that are making roster moves in-game. Like, I feel like they're making trades in this between, before they even hit the – like, they trade the player they just picked up. <laughs> You're like, good guys. All right, uh, we're all on the Rams in this game. Niners at Falcons. Niners starting to roll a little bit. I wish I'd have taken them plus 3,000 to win the Super Bowl. So before the year, they were my Super Bowl pick. Mm -hmm. Got a little hairy those first couple weeks. Jimmy G couldn't complete a forward pass against, what was that, Denver? Yeah. Uh, But now they've won two in a row. They're looking like that, that tough team that I thought they'd be. I'm going to trust them to go uh, into Atlanta and get another win. Their defense is really good. So before the game, Tony, you went over all the stats, all the numbers. You saw Then you watched them. They are as advertised defensively. You know what? We actually played pretty darn well against them in, in the trenches. Uh, but, yeah, it's that they're, they're just good at every facet of the game. You know, is that if anything, their passing attack is just not as – like, look, it's, Jimmy G's not going to go out there and pull no Aaron Rodgers on you or anything. But – they're well coached. They got a really good defense. They're very talented, and they can run the ball each and every possible way you could think of, from Debo Samuel to all of these whatever next man up. See, Jeff Wilson is yeah. really good. Like he's, he's always awesome. like the backup, but when he plays, he's really he's I like guess the Mostert. Good Mostert, yeah, yeah whatever. Mostert, yeah, Mostert. Raheem Mostert. But they uh, uh, mustard. I'm just gonna call him mustard. Colonel mustard. Mustard. The but see, I don't even think of it when they put the numbers like he's the first string, second string, third string. I don't even think about that when the San Francisco 49ers. I think they're all just like one amoeba of a player that they can just put out at any moment. They are this era's Broncos. Remember that the that span where the Broncos had Mike Anderson, Ruben Drones, Peyton Hillis. Um obviously Portis, but this was after Portis, they would have a different thousand-yard rusher every single year. Alandis, Gary, like all these random guys that you've never heard of would get a thousand yards every year. That is what the the Niners do now. Do they have Philip Lindsay now, too? No. Who is is that? He's with somebody. Colts. Colts, that's who it was, because I knew he played Denver recently. Um, I'm taking the 49ers. Even though the Falcons... I told you the Falcons. What did I say earlier this season? Is like they were looked at before the year. Them and the Seahawks, I think, as the worst teams, and it has not turned out to be that way so far. I apologize for writing them off. Yeah, I think they're look. They're not good, but they're just they're just not like awful. They're not like the Commanders or the the Bears or the Panthers. Yeah, they beat the Browns too. Uh, They beat the Seahawks on the road. They've got three wins. Do they really? Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, they are 3-2. and two. Who do you got, CJ? Uh, 49ers. All right. Tough one here. Patriots at Browns. Our, do you remember our discussion we last were right. week, Tony, Why where we you were right? like, Why do you... Why do you think the Browns can beat the Chargers? I'm like, because they're the Chargers. Oh, but then again, they're you the were Browns. right about that. But the Chargers won, but did you see what happened? Uh, Staley goes for it on in his own territory, gives the ball back to the Browns. Of course, they missed the field goal. Yeah. 
Those, it was about to be, yeah. Screw it, those teams, man. You can't trust either one of them. What's funny is I was saying we were right, but I was talking about the Patriots. The Patriots shut down yeah, yes. the highest scoring offense in the league. Yes. I held them to a goose egg, dude. And Tony's quarterbacks are Russell Wilson and Jared Goff, and he needs help. I t- <laughs> At least for last week, he did. Bring Gabriella back in here to tell me not to cry again. Uh, I'm going to take... Ooh, I don't believe in the Browns. I kind of want to go two in a row with Zappy here, and I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going Patriots on the road, too. Browns are getting zappied. Oh, wow. Okay. I tell you this is do not ever bet against Nick Chubb. Yeah. Ever. I made a mistake last week. But bet against Jacoby Brissett. Awful interception uh, late night. I made a, you know, when I put in my prize picks last week, I put less uh, with Nick Chubb, and I thought they were Mm. playing the Rams, not the Char. I saw the LA, and I thought it was the Rams. I was like, oh, the Rams can hold this. That bit you. (laughs) Jets at Packers. Speaking of teams with three wins, both of these teams have the same record three and two. Um, At the Packers, please. Oh, you like Angry Rodgers this week? Yeah, yeah. The Jets, though, are, are getting might be the toughest Jets team we've seen in a while. I'll Resilient. Take, I'll take the Packers. I will take the Packers as well. Uh, let's look at the South AFC South standings, Tony. In first place at three and two, Tennessee Titans. Oh, second man. place. Chad, I'm sorry. I need to apologize. No, to you Chad don't. They stink. They okay. stink. Command uh, Wentz had the ball two yard line, couldn't score a touchdown. The Titans stink. Colts two two and one. They stink. Jaguars just lost to the Texans two and three. We were trying to say nice things about them. I know they listened. Shame to on us. <laughs> exactly. Texans are frisky. They're terrible, but they're frisky. One three and one. That is your AFC South. They ugh. Jaguars Colts. Ugh. I don't even know what to, I'm going to go Jags. I guess I'm thinking that too. I'm so. I feel like though I'm just getting. I don't know. I'm mad at myself for always picking the Jags and then they're losing every time. I don't want Matt Ryan and the Colts. The only reason I picked them last week. And it wasn't on our page, but I picked them Thursday on the show. Is because I'm picking against Denver every game this season. Are you? I, I, I think I am. I'm doing it this week. Uh, who do they got? Yeah, I'm picking against them this week. I will take the Jaguars on the road. How are the Broncos that bad? I'm taking the Jaguars. I'm surprised y'all had to think about it. I didn't. Oh, nice. All right. Is I go? You know, I go probably needs some some therapy right now between <laughs> the Mariners. I think and the he's Broncos. finally admitted that the Broncos stink. He was trying to hold off, but he's got the Mariners in the playoffs and they getting smoked. Well, yeah, they blew two They're, leads. Yeah, uh, this one's tough, but the Dolphins are starting. Remind me of his name again. Thompson, Kansas State, Skylar Thompson, Skylar Thompson from Kansas. Who the State. heck is that? Yeah. Exactly. That's Guy what I thought Kansas too. State. All their quarterbacks keep getting hurt. Um, Vikings at Dolphins. Well, give me the Vikings. Uh, for some weird reason, I'm going to take the Dolphins here at home. Oh, wow. I, I'll take the Vikings. I don't know if I can do I don't know if I can pick a third string quarterback. I'm not trusting Minnesota to be like a good team that can go on the road and like win without thinking about, you know. Okay. That's how I – I mean, do you trust Kirk Cousins in that Minnesota outfit? I don't. I trust him against the Dolphins in the third – like, I mean, you, 
the Dolphins are kind of questionable, even with like a Teddy Bridge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we still wanted, the, they needed to prove some more to yeah. us. We can't. We, it's not like we just they were a great team and they lost their quarterback. By the way, now they're Shirley's Dolphins, not our Dolphins anymore. Oh they're yeah, just Shirley's. Shirley's Dolphins. We're banned. <laughs> we're banned. Ship. There's a funny I'm a story going around though because the the Panthers have had this ping. There was the ping pong oh, yeah. table. Yeah. The ping pong table for the Carolina Panthers was something that was rallying team the team together and like camaraderie and it was a big deal like Matt Rule would talk about it before the season and then we got my my co-host famously went crazy on the show one time saying they need to burn this ping pong table and then this week the Dolphins got rid of their ping pong table but then Tyreek Hill comes out and says no I'm ordering better ping pong yeah the table got bent so they had to make he's making a custom Dolphins ping pong table we played the Robbie Anderson uh, cut his comments on Matt Rule and all you could hear in the background yeah was the dang ping pong table and Robbie what a great response (sighs) that's him Oh, it's him. Yeah, that's I mean, him. he's being honest. Be be yourself, as bad or good as that may be. All right, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. More games to pick. CJ Steelers taking on the Bucks. You got Bills Chiefs. You've got a NFC East showdown Sunday night. Cowboys Eagles. We'll pick them all when we return. Hour two, Pirate Radio Live. Going to enjoy some wings over Greenville during this break, and be back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. ECU football alum Dakota Marshall is the owner of First and Goal Hauling, and he has a fleet of dump trucks that can carry anything. He'll haul dirt, asphalt, stone, with first and goal hauling it's a touchdown every time follow first and goal haul, uh, hauling on facebook today and as we head back into the show clip a quick buccaneer music hall scoreboard update uh the guardians and the yankees are tied at two apiece no one on bottom of the ninth inning as uh it looks like unless uh they get something going here we may have a little bit of free baseball up in the Bronx. Looking at uh, extra innings in that one. Right now, the Braves have runners on the corners. Two outs, two strikes on Travis Darno, who hits against Aaron Nola in game three of this divisional series. Tony Dunn is here as well. And here is the one-two from Nola. A curveball hit right back to Nola. He's going to throw it to first. And the Phillies get out of a jam in the top of the first. No score as they head to the bottom. All right. Uh, and we are indeed headed to the 10th. Uh, that one on TBS. We're with you on a beautiful Friday. A We've got Wings Over Friday. Greenville. It's a free beer Friday. Got Bud Light to give away in hour number three. Uh, Shirley, you have, you can only pick one. 
luckily we didn't make you do that today because we have both options but garlic parm waffle fries or garlic parm tots from wings over greenville which one are you picking that is tough that's a tough question tough question jeff i gotta go with the og waffle fries yep waffle Uh fries i think you gotta go tots i'm with i'm with you i'm with the tots tony said you gotta go tots yet i got the waffle fries i know i know i know i was but i was i'm doing a comparison all right but i tell you this is that uh tater tots have a a good shelf life on them you know so you can re-put them in the air fryer yeah boom another awesome thing to do is to take tater tots the frozen kind of tater tots and uh put them in the waffle maker if you put them in the waffle maker and just smash those suckers down you get like a like almost like a um, uh, McDonald's type. Um, what is it? Like the hash brown? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And oh, then wow. uh, I heard this on a radio show one time, and the guy said that their family does this, and they get out a bunch of waffle makers, and then they put out like a bunch of condiments, and they do like chili ones and all of this huh. stuff. And I was oh. like, this sounds awesome. Yeah. And that's how we we make breakfast hash a lot, and we use tater tots as a sub. That's pretty smart. Michael Winstead checking in. Um, he is the creator of the dumpster juice list oh, uh, here on Pirate Radio. The Panthers are on that list. The Broncos offense, uh, Steelers offensive line. Michael says the Commanders and Bears both get a spot on the list. Chandler's not he- here to update that list today, but Michael, you're probably right. Unfortunately, mm. it's bad. All right, Bengals at Saints. What is your take, Tony? As a you're a Panthers fan, so you're a Saints hater on when you see Taysom Hill go in and like put up crazy numbers last week he's like running the ball they put him in a quarterback my take is I hope that people believe he's good okay like is this is uh this happens every now and then he's always been like this type of player but if you like try to make him your quarterback it's not gonna be good Taysom Hill last week one of one for 22 yards and a passing touchdown nine carries 112 yards three touchdowns that was last week now that is they should just run the ball with them that's one game that's something that's not sustainable and you're I mean, and we haven't seen it be sustainable yeah i mean every time offense. they've tried to let them start like the offense is just atrocious the so. seahawks continue to play really fun games by the way the uh, Bengals continue to struggle yeah i don't know what to do here so i'm gonna ask cj schaefer <sighs> going saints wow i don't trust the Bengals. i just don't i had them going into the year missing the playoffs they are worse than i thought they'd be yeah it looked it looks like a great call so far i'm taking the Bengals on the road i think i am too i don't really love the saints yeah who's the quarterback for the saints is it dalton how long is james out Taysom hill let me google it up pretty much saints google it up quarterback let's get some news here Andy Dalton will get the start. Um, we need Michael Thomas back. Which I think the Saints are nine and five with um, Andy Dalton and um, Taysom. No, I'm thinking the over Dak. Yeah, I think that goes back to Andy Dalton as well. Is that the Cowboys are playing better ball with their backup quarterbacks than they do with Dak? Stick to this subject, Tony. Is this the same? Is that in the next game? Um, no. Not yet. Uh, so you're taking the Bengals, so am I. Ravens at G-Man. 
Um, Justin Tucker would not let the Ravens lose another close game the other night. He's he's the best ever. I think he is. I mean, we might have. He might be the best football player ever. (laughs) All right, relax. (laughs) I'm taking the Ravens on the road. I am too, but like, I'm sick of this Giants thing. I wanted to stop. I wanted to stop now. Well, it stops this week. Stop, CJ. I'm taking the Ravens, but I'm having fun with the Giants thing. Why? What's fun about it? Watching you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of it. Um, I like when the Giants play in London, so I don't have to watch them because I forgot they were on I know, Sunday and morning. I sleep in on Sunday sometimes. I checked the score, and they were winning in the fourth quarter, and I'm like, holy crap, what have I missed from this? Thank God I didn't watch this, or else I would have really been mad. CJ, Bucks at Steelers. Bucks by a lot. Are you just, are you doing a bit? Nope. No, the Steelers. I said Bills by they, a lot. What happens? They won by a lot. Yeah. Steelers? How many points they score a lot? How many there you go. Matt Ryan? That, but when uh, you say first round overall, first overall pick, I'm, how how far fetched is that? I don't know. They'll win some like thirteen to ten divisional games Why? or something. Because I said so. Who's to say the Steelers don't go three and fourteen this year? That doesn't get you a number one pick. Really? No. We only got one game. You got to win two games. Uh, well, Houston. Does Houston have another two wins on their schedule? They play in the AFC South, so maybe. Yes, they got like <laughs> 10 wins. Does Houston and Pittsburgh play this year? They do not. Ah, oh, that's a shame. I wish. Also, Tony, you got the I Panthers, said, you got the Commanders, you got the Steelers, you got the Texans, you got the ooh, the Bears. How many have they won? The Bears have Are won three? two. All right, so yeah, look, they could lose out. That that game in December between the Steelers and Panthers could have a lot of significance. Dang. Oh, I said this week, well, I wish the NFL had bowl games because I saw power rankings. Uh, Commanders 31, Panthers 32. Or it might have been flipped. If, Either way, I, we need to settle it on the field. Who is the worst? If we go, if that does happen, CJ, we should go and wear each other's jerseys. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like cheering for the other team. Oh, I'll be the biggest Panthers fan. That's awesome. <laughs> Tony in a uh, Heinz Ward jersey, and CJ's got the cam on. Yeah, him. and then we could just be. And what do you? We're, oh, don't worry, we're cheering for our team. Tony's got the uh, <laughs> terrible towel. He's got the cam on. Yeah, yeah. Perfect, I perfect. mean, and uh, we are cheering for our team literally yes. to get the number one draft pick. That's right. All right, uh, Bucks at Steelers. CJ says Bucks. Bucks. Clip says Bucks. Tony says Bucks. Cardinals at Seahawks. Uh, I'm taking the Cardinals to bring down the Seahawks, bring them back down to earth. I think the Seahawks have been punching a little bit above their weight, a, oh. a lot above their weight. I like and, it. Yeah, I'll take the uh, Seahawks. Oh. This is gonna. What is the over under for this game? 50 and a half. I mean, the Seahawks have been playing like these exciting games every week. I know, and Why little not? baby Tyler Lockett is now getting involved in it. Um, but they lost last week to the Saints. Yeah, in a crazy game, and in a, a wild one. Gino threw one of the best passes I've oh probably my have God. seen down that down the middle to Tyler Lockett. Yes, in the like, bucket. Oh yeah. that, I, I'm with you, man. Bomb, bro. When I saw that, I thought like... I was trying to think of a more beautiful pass and catch I've seen. You're right. Was, because there was like two defenders yeah, around him. Yeah, it was just oh. incredible. I, and look at Gino just having like a old man renaissance right yeah, now. Time of his life. Um, I'm taking the Seahawks. All right, Bills at Chiefs, or as it says on this sheet, Bill. Well, one guy. Bill 
is gonna all right tony before you say anything well before we went to break i said bills at chiefs who are we taking tony said that's easy easy how easy is it who who's easy? bill bill is gonna bill, bill is gonna mop the foot look they don't even need the rest of the team bill is gonna mop really? the floor. you feel that that confident huh i don't know how he can stop them right now and look, it's the Chiefs are good. And I know that. Look, I know that Pat Mahomes always gives you a chance and stuff like this. But right now, he—they're a buzzsaw, man. The Bills are a buzzsaw. I don't. I I know that the Chiefs lost to the Colts, man. And I know that maybe that was a trap. Maybe they weren't. You know, they got. You know, the Bills lost the game. Week one of the Dolphins in like a crazy comeback shootout, which was still—it's still week one. It was week three. Was it? Yeah. They beat the Rams week one. Oh, that's Titans right. Week two. That's right. Um, all right, Bill's easy, CJ. I don't I don't like how much the Chiefs are being counted out just everywhere on TV and media. Really? Oh gosh. Everybody's I looked outside to the noise. This is well not counted out. Not not it's counted out, but a lot they of have people, been replaced. Yeah. A lot of people are saying, you know, this is the Bill's time now. They're underdogs, too, the Chiefs. They are. And uh, that's one of the big things I've been seeing. This is the first time I think Patrick Mahomes has ever been an underdog at home. Yeah, first time ever. And he also is 6-0-1 against when he's an underdog. I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs. Tony's comments make me want to take the Chiefs because Andy Reid's going to hear this and play it for his team before the game. Cowboys and Eagles, Tony. I heard a comparison do you remember the who was the last undefeated team last year? Like who stayed undefeated the longest? Ooh, um, was it the Cardinals? Randomly, it was the Cardinals, and they lost to the Packers to lose the undefeated run. Okay, I heard a comparison this week: Are this year's Eagles last year's Cardinals, where they had this start and faded? My mm. first answer to that is no. I think the Eagles are for real. They're but, legit. Dude. Yeah, I think so too. They're a complete team. Yeah, and Jalen Hurts is not messing around. No, he, he is. is he is dialed in. And, man, and did you see to, his press conference where he said, uh, "I don't want to hear anything about this five and zero or whatever." He's like, "You guys didn't talk about our record when we were two and three last year. I ain't talking about it now. I'm just talking about this week." Like he All is right. zeroed. Same energy. I hear you. <laughs> Credit to the Eagles uh, for going out and getting him a stud and A.J. Brown for drafting uh, Devontae Smith. They have put weapons around him. Goddard. Yeah. Which I mean, they had them previously, but went out and got A.J. <coughs> Brown this year. Well, you know, it's, it doesn't look like uh, they're missing a beat without Zach Ertz. That's Not the one all. thing. And yeah. then the other thing is that really the real story is on the other side of football. Yeah, right. They got Their it. secondary is tough. Uh, I had our bad sunday lost both fantasy games lost a couple of picks but i had one uh my big one was kyler murray interception because the eagles pick off at least one pass every single week i had that on prize picks as well now i don't know if they're gonna let rush throw the ball enough to get but i would i would probably bet it that uh you know what i saw that on friday and that's what gave me the idea tony that you had it on prize picks. yeah nice uh give me the eagles i will take the eagles this was this was going to be a nice test though for Jalen Hurts as a, going against oh, a man. good defense, Their right? Defense and so awesome. we'll probably learn a little bit about the Eagles here, uh, but I think his mobility is going to help so much to to kind of 
um, negate some of that pass rush. Tony, great announcer phrase you just used. We're going to learn a lot about the Eagles. Just say uh, that about an upcoming weekend. game, and it makes it sound like you it does. are smart. Like. It does. All right, CJ. I'll take the Eagles. All right. And Broncos at Chargers. I don't love the Chargers, but I'm not taking Denver. So give me L.A. Same here. Mm-hmm. Man, they're bad. Very bad. But this is a game the Chargers lose. <laughs> I know. Oh, it know. would be. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, definitely. This is totally it. And the Broncos are bad, but can they contend? Is, when does the law of averages come, come come back to Russell Wilson? Is he washed? You know, he that, sure looks like it. Those interceptions he had last week were like idiotic. Rookie, like freshman in college. One was a hail mary. One, all he's got to do is basically kill the clock, kick a field goal, throws it in the end zone, interception. It, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what's happening. I think he's in his own head, and he's trying to prove his own value. Maybe too too much, and he's pushing too hard. But then, of of course, they come out with, oh, he had to get an injection in his shoulder. I love this. Anytime someone struggles, they like all of a sudden there's this mystery injury that comes up afterwards. Yep. All right, Tony, good stuff. Thank uh, you. Huge week for C3. If you didn't watch it uh, during the week, you can go back, check it out on YouTube. Uh, fake Matt Rule. That was a funny Yeah, interview. and you guys don't even have to go and watch the entire podcast. We've been clipping these a lot lately, so you can go watch Matt Rule joins uh, the podcast. You know, go look for the Matt Rule clip. That one is incredible. And you get to hear about this guy who went through the McDonald's drive through This yeah, is my favorite one. I saw that one. video. <laughs> it's great and acted like Matt Rule. And probably the best part of the video was the girl working the the drive-thru who did not even listen or care that no. he was just completely being an idiot that was very polite <laughs> yeah like uh and then the jonathan stewart interview as well yeah so Enjoyed we had a it. lot of fun man all right Thanks, man, i appreciate it see you buddy there's tony dunn at carolinacatchronicles.com we'll take a break come back hour three morgan aylers joins us when we return after this Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is a family-run dealership that creates a family-like atmosphere for their customers. They have one of the biggest used car inventories in eastern North Carolina, and you can shop online today at EastCarolinaChryslerDodge.com. East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Memorial Drive. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. We got a Wings Over Greenville delivery to the studio for some late afternoon baseball watching. And uh, we talk every july 4th this topic comes up we talked to rich shea mle major league eating uh fourth of july coney allen hot dog uh, eating contest nathan's um what food item what category could we be a potential champion 
when it comes to eating and i'd like to add tater tots to the mix because man i just put on an i just put on a show that you people didn't see of crushing tater tots during that break let's bring on morgan aylers and ask him morgan if you were in a eating contest what uh category what food do you think you could win at hmm uh I, let's see probably sushi Ah, oh. eat a lot of sushi okay fried shrimp fry shrimp be good yeah fry shrimp boiled shrimp <laughs> saute shrimp gumbo shrimp <laughs> Morgan Ehlers joining us on the Pit Electric Live line. Morgan, uh, we said it earlier in the show. Good news is the Pirates play good following losses. The bad news is we have to keep bringing this up because that means the Pirates lost the previous week. But I do like the bounce back in this team. Having said that, what are your expectations uh, for East Carolina? What kind of bounce back performance do you expect to see tomorrow? I I really think they're going to play well. I mean, I really do. I think that... uh... The Pirates, are, they, from what I understand, have had a really good week of practice, and they're, they're focused, and they're ready to go. Memphis is a good football team. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it has a chance maybe of being uh, a pretty high-scoring game for the Pirates if they execute well and uh, do the things that they're capable of doing. You know, and that's that's the big key. And Memphis, on the other hand, you know, they've got a pretty good defense. They've got a good offense. I think defensively we've got to defend that, that little – 10, 15-yard pass, and then avoid the, the layup deep balls that we've given up. So if we can do that, I think we'll be in good shape. Yeah, Memphis coming off a back-breaking loss, a heartbreaking loss uh, of their own to Houston last week. And this is a big game for the conference standings. You look at it, Morgan and uh, Memphis, boy, they are a minute away from being undefeated in league play. Instead, they got their first loss to Houston. So they're coming in here desperate. East Carolina obviously desperate and uh, sets up for a big-time matchup. Yeah, it's going to be a fun. I think it's going to be a really good night for football. A beautiful night, beautiful weather, homecoming for the Pirates, and you know they're breaking out the new retro uniforms, which I, I think they're awesome. You know, I am so, and I know people talk about oh, white helmet. The white helmet's got nothing to do with playing football. You know, just get out there and play. And you know, if if they you know green pea soup before every win, and they didn't eat it one game, so well, didn't eat the green pea soup, we lost the game got nothing to do with it you got to go out there and execute and play the game morgan Ayler's joining us i like the white helmet clip brock I i'm a like fan the white helmet. i'm on the record i like them um they don't seem to do well in them but it has nothing to do with that i i even asked the starting quarterback hold nailers that if he was wearing a purple helmet on uh saturday would he have uh not thrown any interceptions so uh he said no i didn't have anything to do with the helmet so Case closed, I think. I'm just so, I'm so sick of it. <laughs> Morgan, what color uh, shirt are you going to be wearing tomorrow? What I'm so sick of, okay? Uh, there's a lot of things I'm sick of, but I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Up. All right. One of those is the helmet talk from Morgan Aylers. Uh Pretty cool to have homecoming and also uh, Hall of Fame weekend, Morgan, and uh, the Cran Man, Marcus Crandall, one of our favorites, going to be inducted into the ECU Hall of Fame. And uh, Morgan, I know you enjoyed watching him play at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Yeah, Marcus, is, uh, he had such a really good career here at East Carolina, went on to, to play in Canada, and, you know, just a, a really good good dude. <laughs> How about that? He's a good dude. Yeah. A uh, really good person, and I'm uh, so excited to see him uh, get his just rewards because it's well, it's long-deserved. And there's several other Pirate football players throughout the years that need to get in, and Marcus is one of those, and uh, just excited to see 
him get in tomorrow or tonight. Really, they do the induction tonight and then uh, on the field. I don't know if he's going to be on the field tomorrow. Now, unless things change because, you know, he's got the offensive coordinators. Yeah, that's there. right. He's coaching. So, yeah. Uh, and so I don't know if he's going to be here tomorrow for that, but uh, excited for him and his family and for all the Hall of, Hall of Fame inductees. Morgan Ayler's joining us. I uh, had a great chat earlier this week with Mike Schwartz, uh, ECU head basketball coach. If folks missed it, they can check it out uh, from Wednesday's edition of Pirate Radio Live, and you can hear that and talked about some of the new personnel, his philosophies, things like that, and saw today that ECU will be having a Minji's Madness coming up Wednesday, October the 26th, where people can go out and check out this basketball team and the women's team. And I, I, I'm try, I try to be very realistic, Morgan, and my thoughts are this. Um, ECU is going to lose a lot of games this year, but I really like Mike Schwartz. And I think, you know, he's going to try to build this thing. They're picked last in the league, and it kind of makes sense because a lot of unknowns. And and I'm going to be patient with him and, and patient with uh, the Mike Schwartz era and, and, and think hopefully he can build it into something. But might take their lumps this year. Either way, I'm excited for some hoops. Yeah, me too. I, I'm, you know, I have yet to meet Coach Schwartz yet. I'm going to try to get over there try this week but i'm really going to try next week to go over and watch a practice or two just so i can get, put some faces with some names because right now i know nobody on that team except for two or three players and uh from what i gather talking to friends that i know that are in college basketball uh coach schwartz is is the real deal he'll you know he's got a, a true philosophy about what he wants to do and the passion he brings to it and exciting things are ahead you know whether this year uh, the wins, like you said, the wins and losses, you know, how they fall out, you know, who don't know. But from what I've been told from several people, that uh, the, the guys that he's brought in are legitimate players. I mean, they're really good basketball players. Now, how quickly they gel as a team, that's a different story. You know, but they they seem to have bought into Coach Schwartz's philosophy. I, I know R.J. Felton, I understand he's been playing very, real well. And then uh, Javon Small, I think is his name, the other point guard is – uh, done a great job. Sounds like uh, Small's ready to make a, a freshman to sophomore leap, uh, Morgan. That would be exciting to see. Well, I mean, I remember watching him. He played in a high school game on ESPNU. It was a tournament game that he played on. I really liked him watching that game, what he did on the court. Yeah. And there was some flashes of that last year. But, you know, if he gets a chance this year, I think he's going to do pretty good. And, uh, you know, we're going to have like four or five of those six, 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 seven guys that hopefully can – can hold their own court make Minji's exciting this winter sounds uh sounds good and i will be there looking forward to it morgan will be uh on the mic in Minji's coliseum just as he'll be in dowdy ficklin stadium on saturday morgan i uh, enjoyed the friday chat as always man and uh we'll be there with you uh just look down and wave to me tomorrow at dowdy ficklin stadium I, tell you, I, I was looking for you last time i was not there last I time thought, I, I thought i had you but it wasn't you no nah, it wasn't me Isaiah Winstead called a touchdown and said he looked up and he thought he saw me. I don't know what ugly-looking guy like me is out there, but he said he swore it was me, but it won't me. So I might have a doppelganger there, Morgan. I don't know. Well, the guy that I saw had had a uh, uh, an Atlanta Braves hat on. Hmm. He had an East Carolina shirt on. Hmm. He had a foot-long hot dog in one hand, a big two-liter drink in the other, <laughs> a box of nachos and popcorn in the other. I mean, he was just like – I said, that's crap. That is me. That is me to a T, uh, but it was not me. All right, Morg. Enjoyed it, man.
All right, guys. You have a great weekend, and go Pirates. See you, bud. There's Morgan Ehlers joining us on the Pit Electric Live Line. What a weird play in the uh, Braves-Phillies game. Sorry, folks. Look, I'm here doing the show while my team's playing, okay? You're just going to have to deal with it. Uh, Ronald Acuna, sharp grounder the third. Uh, Bohm's got it. Makes a terrible throw. They try to dig it out. Schwarber, um, or not Schwarber, uh, excuse me. Um, Acuna has to jump over the first baseman, but he never touched the base. So then he has to dive back into the base as the first baseman's trying to grab the ball and touch the base. Crazy play. It ends up with Acuna being safe at first, and that's likely going to be a throwing error, error, I would think, by Bohm. Shirley? And the Guardians have tied up the series. They win it 4-2 to in 10 innings over the Yankees. Congrats to y'all who uh, had under 6.5 in that game. Uh, All right. Yankees lose. Yankees lose. lose. As a Red Sox fan, I love that song. All right, we got to take a break because we got to get to Brian North when we return. Cut the music, Shirley. Give me some booty bag. Oh. Uh... Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Do you like Bud Light? Do you like aluminum bottles? Do you like those bottles to be 16 ounces? Do you like 15 of those? Guess what? You're in luck. We've got 15, 16 ounce aluminum bottles of Bud Light. And they are on the line right now. 317-1250. Shirley, what caller are we looking for? 12. Caller 12. 317-1250. We're back with more after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store, serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations at Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. And both Country Mart locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations serving shell gas, including 93-ethanol-free high-octane gas, which is the best for boat owners. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Friday. And let's head out to the Pit Electric Live line. Joining us, getting ready for a night on the Blitz, Brian North, uh, to get you ready for your football weekend. Brian, how you doing today? I am making it. Making it. That's all you can do. Uh, I got the Blitz coming up tonight. And uh, Brian North will have some high school football to talk about, plenty of college, NFL as well. Let's start uh, high school, Brian. Rough, uh, rough week for D.H. Conley last week. They have two games in a span of four days they have leads in both second halves of those games and they lose them both to good teams havelock and jh rose so rough week for uh for nate connor's guys shows they're a pretty good football team but didn't have the wins uh, to show up for it yeah it's that big carolina conference uh coming to fruition right we talked at the beginning of the year there's gonna be some really good teams that are gonna be really frustrated at the end of the year because you're playing other really good teams and 
So you could be a, like a, a second or third round type of playoff team and not even get into the playoffs and have a losing record because of that crazy conference. And I, I think Conley and Jacksonville are the two teams we're seeing right now that are a little frustrated because of how good they are, uh, but their record doesn't show it. And, and as we're getting here to the last couple of games, we're like, oh, man, no matter what we do here, probably not going to see the playoffs. What games are you highlighting tonight, Brian? Looking forward to on the Blitz. Yeah, we've got three great big ones uh, that uh, we're profiling tonight. Obviously, J.H. Rose at, at New Bern, the Carolina Conference, Big Carolina Conference, always goes through that game every year. And so the winner will be in the driver's seat for that one. That's one big one. We've got uh, Wes Craven at Green Central, and that one's huge because the winner of that one will probably win the Eastern Plains. And some interesting stats from that one. Green Central hasn't won a conference title since 2005. When they won that conference title, they had a, a running back named Montrell uh, Green, who was uh, the, the leading running back. Well, Montrell is now the principal at West Craven High School. So how long is that? <laughs> and here's a crazy stat. Green Central 0-17 all-time against West Craven. Wow. Yeah. Montreal Lee, sorry, Montreal Lee was the name of the court. I knew I was slipping on that one. And then our other, our third uh, big game that's going to decide a conference title tonight is Tarboro, which hasn't lost a league game since 2011. They're at Riverside, who's undefeated. Riverside has never won a conference title since consolidated in 2010. You have to go back to when they were Williamson High School in 2008 to find the last time they won a conference title. So a lot of droughts on the line. And then you've got another couple, you know, there's first place in the line between Pamlico and East Carteret, Richlands, West Carteret's a big one. Uh, so we've got some other good ones out there. So a really fun night on tap in the place. Brian throwing out all kinds of announcer jinxes here to get these streaks broken, but we'll see if they uh, if they continue tonight. Intriguing uh, night of, of high school football. You can see all the highlights and the recaps on the Blitz, WCTI 12. Brian, East Carolina. Uh, continuing their roller coaster, uh, up and down, inconsistent. And uh, Vegas likes the Pirates against the Memphis Tigers on Saturday. That line continuing to go up five, five and a half, six. So uh, that is, yeah, exactly. And it's hard to to see what they see when we kind of diagnose this football team. But again, wouldn't be shocking if they came out, put up forty five tomorrow, and uh, you just kind of scratch your head week to week on what kind of team we're going to see, especially on the offensive side. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that almost feels like they're better when they're coming off adversity, right? And so that's one of those learning how to win things. And I keep going back to when Skip Holtz took over in uh, the mid-2000s, and he went through the same growing pains and getting them to two-time consecutive championships uh, in Conference USA. And this kind of feels like the same path with, with ECU. And so it's just kind of learning how to how to be mature week in and week out. And there, there are no givens, right? You have to earn it each week. And even when you practice hard, even when you sometimes you do the right things, it's just that mental maturity of taking that next step of knowing how to succeed in those situations. So if that's the case, well, yeah, it looks like you should have the bounce back win. But again, you never know. Homecoming's always a distraction, no matter what level you're at. Hall of Fame weekend, so there's going to be some big names floating around. You know, you always wonder how how players deal with that when they see somebody uh, of a sort of stature on the sideline or showing up to practice. So always interesting to see homecoming late game uh, at Dowdy Thicklin. So. Um, a lot of fun, but yeah, no guarantees on what the team is going to do. And I've asked everybody, we've talked about it all week and pretty much all season. Might as well bring it up one more time this week. Uh, special teams, the kicking game, Brian. Uh, you know, do, do, is this the week we see uh, a different kicker on the field for ECU, or do they continue to to just try to fix what they got with uh, with Owen Daffer and the unit they've been putting out there? 
here's my guess is if they could have fixed it, they probably would have done so already. If they yeah. something better, they would have trotted them out there right now. And, and it is a very delicate situation when dealing with the psyche of a kicker, right? You never want to give up on them too quick because you may need them. Obviously, he's won the kicking competition. Obviously, he's uh, hit some big kicks in the past. But obviously, something isn't working. And, and it may not just be him. Maybe it's something in the mechanics of uh, different long snapper, different holders, somewhere along those lines, breakdowns and blocking. But something isn't working, and the confidence in that position right now is not very good. So um, how does that get fixed over time? Either two things. One, yeah, you have to make a change and, and hope it works, or uh, you've got to hope that confidence just kind of comes back. Confidence is a very interesting thing when it comes to playing golf, kicking field goals. I mean, once you get hot again, it kind of all goes away, but it's a matter of getting that feeling of, I can't miss again. Brian North joining us, Pit Electric Live Line, pregame coverage beginning 3.30, Bud Light pregame tailgate. We always give North a call in the final hour of the show. Brian, are you going to the game tomorrow? What are your plans for Saturday evening? Game time, yeah, game time decision uh, with the family. Um, the wife, who is a an alumni of ECU, uh, did not remember its homecoming, so um, we're working on it. Details to come. How about that? Yeah, no. When are you heading to uh, see a James Madison game? Your top 25 Dukes, Brian. Man. Probably better <laughs> I stay away right now. You know, they're, they're, they're doing well. Yeah. Going if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, don't change anything. Yeah. Right. I was going to, you know, you know me. I'm cheap. I don't pay for anything. Yeah. I, I've been, that's why I was a sportscaster. So yeah. I've been to games for free for 30 plus years. Right? Yeah. I thought about getting season tickets before the season started, you know, just kind of. Uh, first season, 1A, and, uh, you know, everything going good. And so I almost got season tickets, but I didn't. Now I'm just like, man, i <laughs> buy them. You know, I'd screw it all up. So, nope. All right, there you go. Brian North joining us, Pit Electric Live Line. It is pretty cool uh, to see those Dukes in the top 25. Uh, North, what a weekend for top 25 matchups. You got so many top 25 versus top 25, top 10 versus top 10. Headliner, Alabama at Tennessee. And, uh, you know, is this uh, the year that the Tennessee finally gets Alabama? We were looking at uh, Igo and I past results of this series. It has been obviously one-sided, and it's been ugly. I mean, not a lot of close games uh, in this rivalry. And uh, can uh, Hendon Hooker be the quarterback to, to maybe take down Bama this year? I say no. A lot of people think uh, Tennessee – because the, you look at Bama, Brian, and, and these crazy spreads they have for these road games. They've been playing some tight road games this year and in previous years so they are not you know the the invincible alabama we've seen but i still think the tide roll tomorrow we'll see yeah the transfer portals kind of close some of those things up and, and other teams can fill in their gaps pretty quick and alabama in that sense too can take other people's best players if they they want to go and play at the top level but there's just something about that matchup right now of tennessee wanting it so bad wanting to be alabama so bad that it just it, poetic justice sometimes because Alabama goes and smacks them around every year. So I don't see it happening, but there's enough Tennessee fans around here that say it will, but I just think it's one more Nick Saban year of just kind of putting Tennessee in their place while they continue to try to rebuild their program. Another power that I like on the road, and it scares me because the line is only three and a half, but Clemson at Florida State, and I've watched Florida State. I had them in that LSU game that, you know, they they almost blew. That was just a crazy one there. Um, And then last week against NC State, 
if you take that Florida State from the first half, sure, uh, they could give Clemson a game. But then they go out, they have like one first down until the final drive, the whole second half. And they that awful play at the end with the interception. I don't know what I'm missing something on Florida State here with Clemson only being a three and a half point favorite. Night game, Tallahassee, sure, I get all that, but I don't know. I like the Tigers tomorrow night. I guess it's people's distrusting Clemson, right? I mean, I, I, that offense still, the quarterback, maybe. I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of that perception right now, and and usually Clemson, you know, the, they'll have their their backers, right? Gambling's all about where the money's going. It's not necessarily about who's the better team; it's about where the money's going to go. And a lot of people will bet off emotion, but usually Clemson fans are right there to back it up. So maybe they're taking the week off from spending their two dollar bills in Vegas. But that is an interesting line because I I feel like that's a it's right for Clemson to go in there and kind of roll them because they're such a good team outside of their quarterback. And their quarterback is getting better and showing some glimpses of improvement and actually being able to see some plays downfield. And that defense is still a pretty good Clemson defense. So I, I just uh, I don't know how Florida State, whose offense is so inconsistent, is going to score many points against Clemson. And I, I, another one, Brian, I have to – kind of remind myself ask myself is dino baber still at syracuse because like he's had some huge wins he's also had some really bad teams and bad seasons he is still there they are undefeated and they are in the dome welcoming in nc state syracuse a favorite in this game against the Wolfpack. i guess dave doran is making it a game time decision at quarterback we saw old uh pirate nemesis jack chambers out there last week for NC State playing quarterback. They wouldn't let him throw the ball. Let the man go to work. Uh, but he ran around, and uh, and they picked up a win against Florida State last week. But intriguing matchup. Can Syracuse really go to 6-0? and uh, We'll see you on Saturday. So the one thing I didn't do this week that has been on my agenda, but I have not. I want to see what who Syracuse played this year. Have they been playing like Division Two teams or something to get to, to? Well, I remember one game they won a, a thriller against Purdue, and that is the only Syracuse game I've watched. They have hammered Louisville. Uh, they played UConn. That doesn't count. Uh, they beat Purdue 32-29 in a thriller. They beat Virginia by two points, and they are coming off a snoozer against Wagner, 59 to nothing. So it hadn't. It hadn't been tough, but it hadn't been Cupcake Central. I don't know, Brian. This is their first test. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, they're not getting top ten votes, and they're getting an NC State team right that, that may not have – more than likely it's not going to have the starting quarterback in Devin Leary. I know Dave Dorn's trying to play coy for coaching reasons, but I just – unless you're having him hand off, and, and if you're going to do that, you might as well have Jack Chambers do that. And Jack Chambers can throw it a little bit, right? We saw that before. Yeah. He's got experience. He basically went into Raleigh begging for a job. Uh, he's one of those guys, the transfer portal numbers, when you start breaking it down, are incredible. How many guys enter it? How many guys actually find a spot on the other side? Right. Something like less than half or maybe 60%, somewhere around there. For ECU, I can think of Hussein Howe, who uh, was a pretty good running back here, Brian, that I don't think ever made it out of the portal. It's it's amazing. And, and you know how athletes are. They all think they're going to the NFL. Yeah, and they're all being told stuff too, right? Correct. Yeah. So here's this guy who has a pretty good career at Charleston Southern, goes into the portal along with about 10 other guys from Charleston Southern. And I think only about three or four of them actually found a landing spot. And Jack Chambers had to go into Raleigh begging to be a Devin Leary's backup. And they're like, yeah, okay, sure, why not? And then it's worked out pretty good for him so far. But now a big test for if he's going to throw the ball, how's he going to do? So, uh, And then they've got, look, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if 
Dave Doran plays about three different quarterbacks. He has some other guys in the roster who have thrown it a little bit for them in the past. And Brian, not really interested in this result, but could be some fireworks. Carolina Duke total is at uh, 67 and a half. So uh, Carolina not interested really in stopping anybody. They are interested in putting up points. So could be uh, could be a shootout on Saturday night. Last two weeks, that Carolina defense has been better. Ever since their bye week, that something's clicked with Gene Chizik in the defensive coordinator position. Maybe it's who they're playing. And Duke's defense isn't as bad as, as people have the reputation for. So. Are we going under here, Brian? Under 67 and a half? If I were taking your mortgage payment in Vegas, yeah, I'd take the under on this one. I think there's going to be a few less points than uh, everybody thinks is going to be because I think those defenses are just a little bit better. But then again, those offenses are pretty good, too, so I could be wrong. Uh, but it's your money, so I'm cool with it. Brian North uh, loves to throw around my money when we're talking about these games. <laughs> uh, Brian, the inevitable happened. Matt Rule fired in Carolina. Uh, a quick question on Rule. I'm thinking about, you know, what's his landing spot? You've got some big jobs open already in college football with, you know, Wisconsin, although they might go with their uh, with Jim Leonard, the, the interim there, if they can yep. win here. Uh, but you've got Nebraska, you've got Colorado, might be some SEC openings. I was thinking, you know, Matt Rule has been Temple and Baylor, not a lot of, I don't know, are those comparable? Like, not geographically, not really, you know, regionally. Uh, He doesn't seem like an SEC guy to me, so I kind of like the Nebraska, maybe even the Colorado. I I know that teams are going to want his services, and as much as we talk about Rule failing in the NFL – uh, he'd be a great hire, I think, for a college football program. Arizona State. Okay, yeah. I left that one out. Good call. Um, warm, right? When, you, when you're a college coach and you can now pick your job, which you're right, he only has the two stops, but he had success in turning both programs around or, or at least continuing the success they were having of turning it around, depending on which stop you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, you get to pick and choose, and he's just all of a sudden a hot commodity, even though he wasn't very good in the NFL. So if you're going to pick a place, you want several things, right? You want to get paid, but he's already getting paid by the Panthers. You want to go somewhere warm, someplace you can recruit, uh, someplace with all the good variables. Okay. Uh, um, Wisconsin, way too cold. Uh, Nebraska, it's not Tom Osborne's Nebraska. It's hard to recruit there. You don't have a lot of guys right in your backyard in Kansas and Nebraska yeah. and Iowa that you can pull right there. So you've got to go to the coasts or the, the southern border of Texas and find guys to play. That's a little bit harder rebuilding job, and that's why I thought they'd give Scott Frost a little more time. I thought he was close, but they put Yankee rug out from underneath him. I wouldn't touch Nebraska. I think so. that's a little toxic. I think Arizona State's a place where you can go win and then enjoy some good weather in Phoenix. Yeah, I will say this. Matt Rule, not a, a fat man by any means, but he looks better in a hoodie than he does in Arizona State you know, short sleeves. So just keep that in mind, Brian. I don't know if that's... <laughs> If that's a factor or not. Matt Rule's kind of like that nerd guy who all of a sudden became cool. So, you know, I can see him trying to fit into that uh, that, that Speedo culture. <laughs> I'll say this. I was shocked when I heard this. I heard uh, LeVar Arrington talking on the show, who was, you know, a great linebacker at Penn State. You could probably say underachieved with Washington uh, in the NFL. But had he has a highlight reel that's fun to watch. But he said when he got to Penn State, he was the big cheese, the big man on campus, and said the leader of that linebacker room was uh, was Matt Rule. And he kind of compared him to like Rudy. He said he ran around on yeah. special teams, but he knew exactly where he and everybody else on the defense should be. I, I was kind of because I didn't know much about Matt Rule. 
other than the coach of Temple, really. But uh, LeVar uh, talked really highly of him back then uh, as a player, but more so as like a coach on the field type. Uh, the typical little white scrappy guy, Brian. I, I've i compared him ever since he got the job to Bill Harry, the former ECU basketball yeah. coach. Super likable guy, a gym rat. Um, looks better in a burlap sack than he does in a suit. <laughs> yeah. uh, but fun, always nice to everybody, always honest yeah. to a fault. And that may have been one of his downfalls, is that maybe too honest, right? And you're supposed to leave some of it behind or be a, a, a tough guy behind the scenes. But I always compared him to Bill Harrion, who I always thought was that same way, just you know, profusely sweating and working hard, but just couldn't get the results that they wanted for whatever reasons. And a lot of it was out of their own power. But that's what I always thought. Nice guy who just... I was still put in a tough situation. Game of the week, Brian, Chiefs and Bills. And this one will be in Kansas City. Two questions. Who wins this one? Bills at Chiefs. And you're starting a team. Are you taking Mahomes or Allen to be your quarterback? So, I really, I think every, not everybody, it feels like it should be the Bills, right? It feels like it should be their time. Buffalo is a slight road favorite in this game. Yeah, which is crazy uh, to go into Kansas City and be that. It feels like the Bills, it's their time. It feels like, um, you know, with the losses they've had to Kansas City in the past, it just uh, it feels like it should be. I'm just not sure it is. Okay. It's just sometimes it's supposed to be and it doesn't happen just because Kansas City is going to be playing with no pressure outside of playing at home. They've beaten this team in the past. They just kind of have their mental number right now. Even if they do lose, okay, we were supposed to. You guys were supposed to be here. So I just I feel like Kansas City's playing with house money, and that's going to be to their advantage. I think Kansas City or uh, Buffalo wants this, or it's in their mind a little bit more. And you go to talking about the who would you rather start your your quarterback future with? Who's going to be healthy and be there? Uh, the comparison that I've heard some this week it's it's somewhat appropriate, but maybe not as Josh Allen to Cam Newton. A bigger guy who, young, healthy, can dual threat, but takes too many hits. Takes a lot of hits, yeah. What are you going to have with that many hits being taken on that person? Now, quarterback rules have changed, and I don't. Cam Newton was unfairly unpenalized in his career because he was a big guy. And I no. think officials, have, as we're seeing now, uh, are kind of protecting quarterbacks even more. And I think Josh Allen will be protected a little bit more than Cam Newton was. So. <laughs> I have no problem taking him, but there's something magical about Pat Mahomes that I will always take. Every freaking week, uh, Brian, and this will go on as long as there's social media, you'll see a highlight from the Sunday that just happened, and you'll have a Saudi Panthers fan saying, this happened to Cam Newton, nothing, no call, no nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it happens every week uh, of yep. football now. Brian, uh, enjoyed the chat as always, man. Have a great re- weekend. We'll try to track you down coming up tomorrow night on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. All right, sounds good, Clipper. Brian North joining us here on a Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. The uh, situation has deteriorated fast in Philadelphia. Reese Hoskins, three-run homer. Bryce Harper, two-run homer. Six to nothing, Phillies. My God. All right. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. 
Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Tiebreakers in Greenville at Bell's Fork and in downtown Winterville on Railroad Street. Now, let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, the Braves are going to get out of the bottom of the third. It took about an hour. Phillies lead 6-0 as they head to the fourth on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. Uh, let's you hear my voice now. I was happier when I recorded this interview with Greeny earlier today. Let's hear it right now. Greeny, how you doing? I'm doing great, Cliff. How are you doing? Doing good. Uh, just talked about this game a moment ago with Brian North. Let's get the thoughts of a Clemson grad, Mark uh, Greeny. The Tigers are, and this line bothers me a little bit. I look at this game and say Clemson should be able to go into Tallahassee and, and get a win. I thought the line would be closer to seven than a field goal. It's Clemson by three and a half. Florida State coming off a couple losses in a row. Tigers are flawless on the season up to this point. Uh, what does that line say? Is it that people still don't fully trust this uh, this Clemson offense, I guess? I guess they're saying that it's a, a decent opponent and it's a road game, and it's, I guess, as close to a rivalry game as you'll get inside of the ACC. Um, but I'm with you. I mean, Clemson's getting a little more healthy on the back end. I mean, obviously they've gotten some experience out of the young guys at the secondary they're getting a little bit of help back on the secondary this weekend, so you got to think that uh, the front the front seven's been playing pretty good. It's the back four, and if the back four is getting a little help, then that defense should get just that much better. And um, I think they had a little issue on second down last week, made some mistakes. So if they clean that up offensively, then you got to almost look like, man, it's going to be uh, a tough sledding for Florida State on both sides of the ball. Big weekend for North Carolina teams uh, right here in Greenville. East Carolina will host Memphis, Pirates, and Tigers coming off losses uh, in that one, uh, 7.30 in Greenville, North Carolina. You got a night game between North Carolina and Duke where the total is 67.5, so it could be a lot of fireworks there. And then NC State going to undefeated Syracuse. Syracuse, a favorite home. So uh, interesting weekend when it comes to teams in our state, Greeny. Yeah, that NC State-Syracuse game is, is a big question. I mean, it, I don't really know that they've played anybody. Of, I mean, Louisville is terrible. UConn is terrible. Purdue's shown that they're terrible. Virginia's terrible. Wagner's terrible. So, you know, Syracuse has just kind of been living the dream so far. So you got to think that NC State handles that business, although NC State seems to have struggled against teams where they should handle the business. Um, but other than that, I think, yeah, you're going to see a lot of points in some of these other games. Mark Greenell's Golf Shop Radio Show joining us. Greeny, uh, Matt Rule gone in Carolina, as we thought. We'll see what college job uh, he selects or is selected to take because uh, I expect to see him back in coaching pretty soon, sooner rather than later. So how about the Panthers now? I mean, at this point, you hate to say it this early, but they're kind of playing out the string as a few teams are in this uh, 2022 season. So what do they do? I, have you talked uh, around that area, heard anything greeny about candidates, who they're looking for? I assume Sean Payton's on everybody's short list. So what do you think about the next head coach of the Panthers? I mean, 
there's no way Sean Payton takes on this nightmare. Um, you know, Sean Payton's going to want to go somewhere where there's some potential from a quarterback perspective, or maybe get his hands on a really good quarterback. I don't know if you look at the draft, if, if anybody jumps right out at you that you want to, you know, bring in as a, as a first round draft pick. I think Sean Payton probably would benefit from uh, somebody that has a little bit of an experience, you know, under their belt. So, I don't see anything from that standpoint here in Carolina. You know, this this team does need somebody on the offensive side of the ball, though. And, you know, you can say that they went to the Super Bowl with two defensive coaches, but the defense seems to be in okay shape. Um, you know, there's talk about Christian McCaffrey. Teams are inquiring about him. I mean, I hate to say it, but I, as much as that he's a fan favorite here, I think that if somebody wants them and the deal is right, you you make that move and give yourself some cap space, give yourself some flexibility to go out and look at some free agents next year to bolster that offensive side of the ball. You're going to need a quarterback because I think the only one that's actually under contract next year is Matt Corral, and he hasn't played it down in the regular season yet, barely played in the preseason. So, um, you know, Sam Darnold was not the answer, although we don't know because he didn't have a a great offensive line at any point in his career. Baker Mayfield's obviously shown that he's not the answer. So I, I just don't see like a Sean Payton coming here. They're going to have to go out and probably get some kind of an offensive uh, coordinator type person to come in and see if they can get that offense going because this team defensively is good enough that if they even had just a, a, a an offense that had a little ball control and didn't turn it over and make stupid mistakes, they'd be winning football games. Yeah, Mark Greenheld's breaking down the issues there with the Panthers, the Golf Shop Radio Show, where they talk a little football, a little bit of everything coming up Saturday, 8 to 10 a.m. And Greeny, this week in golf, and I am uh, I am not a full-time observer like you are, so I only see what's making headlines nationally. And uh, anytime, I guess, Phil Mickelson is in front of a microphone or behind a microphone, they're going to put that on and make headlines about that. I've seen some noise about that. We're keeping an eye on HV3 and on the Live Tour. Uh, well, starting starting on the Live side, uh, Greeny, what's, what's been going on uh, on the Live Tour? Why are we seeing Phil Mickelson talk? Well, you know, these guys are all invested in their in their in their events and their teams. So obviously the better that that entire organization does, they have the opportunity to make a little bit of money. But who knew that all these years that Phil played in the PGA Tour that it, it that shorts was an issue. Man, I get to wear shorts now and that was a big thing to him. So apparently, you know, if somebody had just told Phil he could wear shorts, it would have all all the problems would have been solved. But um, you know, they're not getting world ranking points anytime soon. Um, you know, they didn't get, they tried to do a little end around last week and, and, uh, bring in the Mina tour and, and that was kind of shut down. Um, they've talked about having a cut, but only cutting three players now, which really isn't a cut. So there's still a lot that has to be done. My opinion is at some point they will get uh, world ranking points, but you know, unless you win the tournament, you're not going to really do a whole lot for your positioning. So, you know, guys that uh, are, are going to continue to fall uh, because there, there's my thing is that you're you're playing 54 holes, so you're only going to get you know a, a three quarters of what the full points would get, and then they miss out on some of the other requirements. So maybe you knock it down a few more points, and I'm I'm saying somewhere between maybe 10 to 15 points for a win, and that's really just going to kind of uh, the winner's going to get maybe a, a few bumps in spots, but everybody else is going to continue to fall. So. That's what's going to hurt, and that's what you start looking at. And definitely on the HV3 side, you start looking at, well, man, it looked like that he was going to be in position to stay in the top 50 there, and then he makes the move over to live, and he's had a steady fall since then. So 
so much that he's down to 46 in the world. He drops outside the top 50. He doesn't automatically get in the majors next year. So that's something to keep an eye on from that perspective as well. While we're on the topic of golf, now's a good time to mention, and uh, Mully talked about it earlier this week, but the East Carolina women's golf team won their fifth straight Pirate Collegiate Classic uh, on Tuesday at Greenville Country Club. So shout out to the ECU women's golf team uh, for putting in the work and uh, getting a championship there. Greeny, what, uh, what other headlines, what else are you following this weekend in the world of golf? Well, they got the Zozo Championship uh, over in Japan, so that's kind of one of those, another one of those events that you you kind of wake up in the morning, you see what the scores are. So currently, uh, you got a Ricky Fowler sighting. Cliff, he's he's at ten under par. He's tied for the lead. Uh, we've seen flashes out of Ricky, or maybe over the last three, four, five months. This is one of those things, like when we were watching Jordan Spieth make his way back. Like we saw Jordan. You know, have good first rounds, good second rounds, maybe even leading several times after the third round, and then we would see a fourth round disaster. So that's kind of what you look for from Ricky. Is this is this a real comeback, or is this still a work in progress? Can he put you know three rounds together? Can he put four rounds together? So that's what you're really watching for in, in you know this type of event from Ricky Fowler. All right, Mark Greenheld's Golf Shop Radio Show joining us today here on Pirate Radio Live. Catch the Golf Shop Radio Show, 8 to 10 a.m. on Saturday right here on Pirate Radio. And we'll be with you 3.30 on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Taking you up to 7.30 kickoff, East Carolina, Memphis. It's going to be a fun Saturday. Join us right here on Pirate Radio as we'll be with you all day long. We'll uh, talk to you Monday on Pirate Radio Live. See you Monday, 3 o'clock, as we'll go back inside the Delcor Players Lounge. Everybody enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Pirate Radio. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.